This show is sponsored by NatureBox, where you can order great-tasting, healthy snacks right to your door. Snack smarter in the new year with healthy and delicious treats like Santa Fe corn sticks and French toast granola. Support this podcast and get 50% off of your first order. Go to NatureBox.com, promo code Joey. That's NatureBox.com, promo code Joey. show is also sponsored by Onnit.com. Go there for all of your optimization supplements, uh, New Mood, Shroom Tech Immune, Shroom Tech Sport, Alpha Brain, anything like that. Use code word CHURCH to get 10% off. Also, before September 1st, go to MeUndies.com. That's MeUndies.com. And check out the pics of men's underwear and sexy women's lace thongs. Before September 1st, go to MeUndies.com slash Joey and get 20% off of your first order. And lastly, uh, go to, for all the oil and wax smokers out there, go to NailedItLife.com and mention Joey Diaz to get 20% off of the premier vapor pen on the market. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Wednesday night. The church of what's happening now, just when you thought it was safe. Fuck it, you're three weeks to Santa Anarchy, bitches. The hell with it, we're here, full house tonight. Oh shit. Put away the frozen pizza. Tell mama to spray that antifungal on your nutsack. It's going down tonight. <laughs> Fuck it, Lee. What's the story? What's up, dog? Where you been, baby? You I've been the, with you. You got that shirt on and shit, matching your eyeballs. Look at you. Oh, I know. Fire tonight. A few minutes away. I got my weed license finally. I heard. Yeah, it's a really. It was the best doctor experience of my life. I found it on Yelp. I went. <laughs> they had a, a, a Stallone movie playing in the in the waiting room, and took five minutes. And which Stallone movie? I don't remember. They're like aliens. It was a weird went one. Down, huh? Oh, God, I, I haven't seen it. I saw the first one, but I didn't see anything after that. The Expendables went down hard. I thought they were going to win the box office. They had everybody in the goddamn movie. They had I mean, the it's whites a, in the movie. It's a fun action shit. movie, if you want to see that. But after, like, the third one. Fuck, I'll stay home and watch Predator. <laughs> Predator's just as good. You know what I'm saying? They kill the fucking people nobody sees. What happened yesterday? Went over to eat, right? Yeah, we went and got a very nice steak. Thank you very no, much. No, he watched my cats when I was gone. Listen, I, I hate vacations. Yeah. I hate leaving the house. I don't care if my wife leaves the bay. I don't give a fuck. I hate leaving for three days. I think I keep thinking there's going to be an earthquake and something's going to happen to my cats. Right. I get really paranoid. I'm like, damn, something's going to happen. Then I'm going to feel guilty the rest of my life. My fucking animals. I left them, so I always get Lee to go at the nighttime and then the babysitter goes in the morning. And uh, I just, you know, it's a peace of mind for me. Right. Knowing that Lee goes over there. Because Lee sits with them and pets them and fucking picks them up. And, and he just go. got his weed card so he can chill the, oh, yeah. real long now. But he hasn't got weed yet. He I, I still yet. haven't bought it. He has to go to the store still. I'm going to send him to my store up the corner there with the hot chicks with bikinis Lee, on. Did you have to give him a reason? Did you come yeah, up with a well, reason? Yeah, it actually, that's a real reason. I just, I worked nights for two years and I just, I have the worst time going to sleep. And I, I the two nights before I got the card, I was taking like NyQuil because I ran out of sleeping pills. I was like, "Fuck, that, it's just, it just—it doesn't feel good." So, yeah. What it, happens to you at night? You just keep thinking. Sometimes it's thinking, but if it's thinking, I'll like leave Sports Center on and just pass you out. Got that fucking Jewish mind—it's nonstop. It's thinking about non-stop. sandals and pennies and yeah. fucking. But people, it, if you have problems with girls. Yeah, we should you should spend a night with Joey Diaz. Like oh, that, had, a good time that has night. to be your best. That that's your next book we after your eat. first Listen, book. Lee's very shy, and so am I. I was always very shy. Right. But when you see a freak, you, you know when she's a freak. <laughs> we all have that freak thing. Like freak you see dog. a chicken with like that chick, 
is heavy fucking duty. So me and But Malik, I would never have guessed her. So let's just describe it, the chick. We didn't fucking know. We first off they gave us the shittiest house, the, the <laughs> shittiest table. They gave us this, the table by the bathrooms. Right. At that where we go? Morton's. Morton's. Was it Morton's? Yeah. Or any Morton's? We went to Morton's, they gave us the the, 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 the the table by the bathroom and these women kept walking in and out and they were all pretty good looking, but they were all like cougarish. Right. They were all like hot cougars. At least sixties, right? No, fifties, like forty eight. Okay. But there was this one cougar that had big titties and just on her face. It just, it's just, you, it's just, it's like a neon sign that said, "I want cock." Right. And I was talking to Lee, and we didn't know. And I must have said a lot. I go, "Look at this one here. All she needs is a couple of cognacs." Yeah. And she's ready to fucking go. Well, and you, she heard it. It was better because on oh, the yes. way in, you said it, and on the way out, you out. said it again, louder. And then she looked at me, and she kept walking. And then, like two minutes later, she came back, and she goes, "I don't know if you're married or not, but this is my card." And I'm like. Uh, Holy fuck, she heard it. She didn't even because, ask for it. No, you could That's always amazing. see when they were Well, free. in a way, you did. <laughs> well, well, we're comp, you know, as a comedian, you have to, I always look at chicks, and I'm like, that chick's no fucking good. I was at Calico Casino with Tom Segura, uh-huh. and some girl took a picture with her brother, and her tits were out, and all that, and I just her body movement, and I said to her, how dirty of a freak are you? <laughs> and her and her brother left, and 10 minutes later, this girl came back. Right. And she's like, how did you know? I'm like, you gotta be an idiot not to know you're a nasty fucking savage. No, but right. there's girls who dress like provocatively. She wasn't provocative. This one wasn't no, like no, a no. big pink dress. That's, like what, big... that's the ones. Yeah. It's not the provocative ones. Fuck those dirty animals. It's the ones that are hiding the fucking weapons. Yeah. Mass destruction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the one. Oh my god. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. Hey. She came over, I don't know if you're married, you had her laughing and like she she stayed for like five minutes just like laughing at everything you said. And I was gonna call and tell I'm married, but thank you, you know, and, very but nice. My f- we, we we were talking about my friend, how I could spot a freak, because I would have asked her. <laughs> yeah. And she would have said, Yeah, they they'll tell you the truth. Sure. Real animals will tell you. Fake animals will say, Oh no, you know, whatever, but so we got Matt Fultrons in here. My yeah, yeah. What's up, side. dude? What's up? And uh, the Man of Steel, Mr. Rich Franklin from Columbus, Ohio. What's happening, baby? What's going on there, man? <laughs> I don't fucking know Rich Franklin. How do I start? How do, every two weeks I bump into a fighter. You know that, what's his name, lives in Studio City? Who? The big black guy, Chuck Congo. <laughs> How the fuck does Chuck Congo walk around Studio City and not get shot? <laughs> Big black dude lives in He's Studio huge, fucking yeah. city. I didn't know that. That's because it's because he has a French accent. That's yeah, how. that's what they they love all. They're that like, shit. oh, you're safe. Yeah. It, it's amazing what a fucking neighborhood of suckers we live in for a foreign accent. Like people are fucking looking for work every day in this town. If you're white, you'll never get a job. If you will have an English accent, Australian, walk into any agency, you're set. And you're set. They'll get. They'll make you answer the fucking phones. But I was thinking about something. How come? They, I swear to God, that's the main thing. Right. For somebody to answer the phones with an accent, but they never have like an African motherfucker answering the phone. Right. You ever, you ever call like an agency? It's like, oh, you know, like uh, I can't do an African, uh, whatever. It's always an Australian, English, or French. Where I go to jujitsu, there's a dark-skinned French dude with white hair. Mm-hmm. Every time I look at him, I just see twenty chicks sucking his dick. <laughs> that's all I see. Like he talks to me, and all I see is him like. By a pool and like chicks waiting online, like begging to suck his dick. He's got everything that they like in Hollywood. They got the French accent, the, you know, but well, he's a yoga teacher. That's it. Yoga teacher, a little tattoo, an accent. Took it's a couple, all over. couple college philosophy classes. Yeah, a couple college philosophy. And you hang out at a coffee yeah. shop. Psh, Quote a book be, or you'll two. Be, you'll have a chlamydia fucking year card, like one of those yearly chlamydia cards. 
What do you think, Matt Fultz? When you sit there relaxing, I think you're absolutely right, dude. It's I think true. an accent will take you very far. It really is amazing, especially how, if it's out of place. Well, Americans you know? are very well, suckers for an accent. You know, I was at Justin Fortune's place the other day, and he's Australian. And you have a conversation with him. And you have a conversation with most Australians. Most likely that dude that plays X-Man, Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. They over-fucking do the accent for chicks. Chicks love that shit. Jim, Jim Short, a funny uh, comedian from Australia. It's all, his, his, his accent isn't that Australian anymore. He's been here forever, since he was a teenager. But when he, when he gets on chick, stage, no, well, when he gets on stage, that shit gets that turned the yeah. fuck up, you know? Love does it, does it Everyone the, loves does it. Does it work the same for us if we go overseas, though? Do I mean? don't know that it does. No, they hate us. <laughs> yeah. They hate us no matter where the fuck we go. I know. I mean, trust me, I've been around the world enough to know that. But there's got to be a couple pockets of country somewhere where they're like, oh, I love your accent. Work on your Canadian accent. Yeah. You know? Maybe, but it works the same for girls, too. Like a hot girl gets even hotter if she has like a cool accent, like an English accent. Yeah. Like I forget. There's like like even Penelope Cruz, like a Spanish accent, something like that. That's yeah, great. In a, in a, in blow, she had a nice yeah. accent. I'm she was calling me a fucking faggot. <laughs> that always, if, if, if a woman calls you a fucking faggot, you're like, fuck you, dirty bitch. But if a woman calls you a fucking faggot, it's like, okay. Yeah, it's elegant. Faggot. Yeah. Elegant all of a sudden. Fuck, I'm a faggot. Who cares? I, I went to London and I saw this big, big black dude look like Biggie Smalls. And I got in the elevator with him. And he, uh, he he just busts out the English accent, like, what floor are you going to? And I'm like, ha! I almost started laughing. Oh, yeah. That's how ignorant I am. I almost started laughing at this big, tough-looking motherfucker with an English accent. It's amazing. It's like a when, joke. It's amazing when you see somebody and you think you... you Preconceived think you notion know of, yeah. of what they're going to sound like. Hell yeah. It's like, a, I always tell people, you really want to see the real deal? Next time you're in New York City, go to 77th and Broadway. You go to a Cuban restaurant called La Caridad. It's a Chinese Cuban restaurant. <laughs> You've never seen that before in your life. What do they sound like? Me talking Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Real <laughs> fat. Oye, I'm a frito especial con papa madura. Dale esto a un cafecito. And you're sitting there going, what the fuck is that Chinese guy talking about? And he's yelling in Cuban, yelling, yelling. It was Cuba had the biggest Chinatown for a long time. Right. Until like 1968, Cuba had the biggest Chinatown. In fact, Fidel don't fuck with them. But some of those Cubans came over and opened up Chinese restaurants, especially on the East Coast. Yeah. And when I was growing up, there was a campana china, the Chinese bell. Fucking tremendous. <laughs> you get rice and beans, a spare rib. Where are you going to get that? An egg roll? Where are you going to get that? Kind of <laughs> shit? You know what I'm saying? In, in Silver Lake, they got a, the place that uh, it's all Mexican dudes, and it's a sushi restaurant. <laughs> they wear the fucking sushi outfits. They're Mexican, though. It's amazing. It, there's no respect. No. Go to a Benihana. The host is, is Chinese. Everybody right, else right. is fucking Mexican. I went to a, <laughs> Listen, bro. I was in Paducah, Kentucky last weekend. Oh, you get close to my hometown. Now. Okay. Yeah. We ain't fucking around, right? Yeah. And I went to Alahan's, uh Japanese Steakhouse. My wife goes, look, this is a Japanese Steakhouse. How bad could it be? There was Buffalo Wild Wings and... It was all just That's concept. Japanese. There's no, a Japanese Buffalo but Wild this Wings. Is, no, but this is all just like concept restaurants in this area. This is no shit about Paducah. We walk in, we're walking, but the f my feet are sticky. Oh, no. Like, they haven't mopped. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I said, fuck it, how bad can it be? I grew up in New York City. I've eaten at these places before. We sit down. Every waitress is pregnant. <laughs> Every waitress was fucking pregnant. The two dudes, one dude was really Mexican, and the other dude was something else with two earrings and shit. 
right? That's but Japanese in, in Kentucky, though. Not, not one yeah. Japanese per, person was in his restaurant. But I saw something. Jerry Roach, a dear friend of ours, has a joke about doing comedy in Texas Arcana. And there was a magician in front of him. And there were cowboys. And the magician started doing magic. And the cowboys were like, stop it. That's the work of Satan. <laughs> you know, and all, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know, and, and it's a pretty funny thing. I saw it. Yeah. There was a guy with a cowboy hat. Uh, and the Mexican, you know how they take the egg and they throw it up in the air and it, flight, and it gets in their hat? Yeah. The guy was like, do that again! <laughs> and I looked at my wife and I'm like, look at Jerry Roach's joke playing out right in front of us. It was fucking crazy. But I noticed that there was no Japanese people, but the people from... You're in Kentucky. You didn't expect to see Japanese, did you? At least one fucking... Half a Japanese. How about, how about a half a Japanese? In New York, those Indians that own the casino, they don't fucking have feathers. At least the Chinese guy or something. They look like me, the guys that have casino. But they'll argue that they have 116th Indian. Right. So that's how they open up the fucking casino. There's no fucking guys that look like, you know, the guy from Outlaw Josie Wells, 10 Bears. (laughs) There ain't nobody looking like 10 Bears and that shit. It's amazing. There's not a Japanese person left in a Benihana. Right. But, but what about Kentucky? Is there anyone? Is there no. any Asians in Kentucky at all? I, I mean, there's got to be a right? couple of you know, yeah. ten, eight. It just depends. I mean, it depends on where. If you're in a place like Paducah, no. But if right, you go to like right. Lexington, or you know, if you're Louisville, like, just or Louisville, or yeah. just south yeah. of Cincinnati in the river there, you think right there pockets of Asians. Yeah. So. Are you from Cincinnati? Originally? Yeah, Cincinnati. Wow, what a fucking lucky man you are. Why, why is that? <laughs> The big motherfucking red machine. That's as good as it gets. You were too young and shit. No, I was. I was. You were too young and shit. This country don't remember the big fucking red machine. I was. I was young, but I do. I do remember it barely. The excitement of the city. But then all all we all we had after that was our our ninety one Reds. They swept the A's, and that's it. And then we had the Bengals every year, and uh, every year it's like this is gonna be our year this year. It's uh, if if you know they made a movie a couple years ago with uh, Brad Pitt. And the other kid, Jonah Hill, called Moneyball. Yeah, yeah. And it was about these fucking computers. If you did your homework, Moneyball was the '73 Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, they didn't have no home run hitters. They had Eric Foster, I think. Everybody was hitting singles and stealing bases, though. Till you lost your mind. Like, if you watch classic baseball and you see Cincinnati Reds playing, stop it, and watch two innings and watch what Cincinnati did. Sparky Anderson used to tell him, "Listen, guys." I don't care if we win or lose. Our job is to fucking make the pitcher break. Yeah. Like, we're going to break him. Like, he's going to walk off the mound and go, I'm done. I never <laughs> want to play baseball again. This is fucking absurd. Like nine and ten pitch at bats. You know, like, like everybody steals. Everybody fakes the steal. They bunting. It was so unorthodox, baseball. And you had, you know, you had like... Well, there wasn't a DH back then, was there? Well, they're the National League. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. So it was, it was like fucking... Like they just had this 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 lineup that was money. Like I think Bench was he always batted fourth, and Pete Rose was like fifth or sixth. Tony Perez was like first, and, and Joe Morgan. What year? I'll get it. I'll pull it up. Seventy three. It was a monstrous lineup. I mean, they ruled an iron hand for like five years. Yeah. Like just fucking beat bitches up. But for me, as a, if I think of any any sporting event that took me, it had to be Marquette against. North Carolina in the finals in 1978 when they played in the, that was a great basketball game because the guy was quitting, and it's got to be my favorite events were fucking Cincinnati when they played the Boston Red Sox, that whole series. That's if you fucking put a gun to my head or not, that's my favorite World Series of all time. That was Are just. Do you, you have to say that? 
What? Being from New York, are you allowed to say that? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm not, you, know, you don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. He's I, a, you know, I'm Cuban. Baseball is in our fucking soul. So in my house, my mom was a Red Sox fan. Right. And I was a Cincinnati Red fan. But I like the Red Sox, how's, too. How's she's a, how is she a Red Sox fan? She was a Met fan and a fucking Red Sox fan. I All don't right. fucking know. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and argue with it. I didn't give a fuck. She was a Red Sox. So I knew if Cincinnati lost to the Reds, I would not stop getting tortured. Like, everything would be Boston Red Sox suit today. You know, Boston Red Sox shirt. She just torment me the whole fucking winter. So I got on my hands and knees. I'm like, Jesus, if you ever came through for me, you got to come fucking through now. <laughs> this is it. Because I'm never going to goddamn end of this shit. You're praying? I had to pray. You're praying to Jesus? Oh, to everybody. The uh-huh. fucking Buddha. All three of them. The Santeria priest. I fucking prayed to everybody because I could. But that's my all-time faith. That's what baseball should be. Everybody wanted home runs and stuff like that. Like, And it's it wasn't that. It was what Sparky Anderson was doing those years. You know, Goldberg. Whenever mm-hmm. I see Goldberg, that's all we talk about. When, when Sparky Anderson died, it was hysterical because yeah. I was on a plane with Rogan. I go, Rogan, did you give your condolences to Goldberg over Sparky Anderson? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Who's Sparky Anderson? I go, go, get the phone <laughs> and text him. He goes, he's not going to text me back. Watch. Text him back right oh, away. Yeah. That's what Cincinnati right. boy will do. Cincinnati right. boy. He yeah. goes, that's fucking amazing. I go, dog, you don't understand. To some people, that, that, that was my life watching that. And then I caught it five years ago in the hotel room. I just happened to catch a, a classic baseball. And I, I, I was fucking breathing heavy because right. I couldn't imagine being that pitcher. So the guy gets a single. That guy that gets a single, he's going to steal. Whether he makes it or not, it, it doesn't matter. They're just doing this to ruffle the pitcher. Yeah, it has. I, it won't give me the uh, the order they were in, but catching was Johnny Bench. First base. base was Tony Perez. Yeah. Second base was Joe Morgan. Yeah. The shortstop was Concepcion. Yeah. The third baseman was fucking... Uh, Menke. No, fuck. Pete Rose. Pete Rose was playing left, according to They him. always had him mixed up. Yeah, that no, computer's but Pete, wrong. But he played like four or five positions. Pete Rose played four or five <laughs> positions. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? You have no fucking idea what this was. Turn that computer no, like, off. Turn that fuck. This was craziness. <laughs> have you have you seen uh have you seen Pizza documentary forty one ninety two? No. Oh, it's it's amazing. Oh, then it's done. I'll and watch it this week. And he's funny. And, I get goosebumps uh, talking yeah. about that. shit. What do you think about him not being in the Hall of Fame? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we know he's in the Hall of Fame, right? He's in the Hall of Fame. He's the fucking guy at the door at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, before I get off that, you know when. When Bench got hurt, Plummer used to fucking back him. And Bench would play first base, and Tony Perez would shift. This was a crazy team. Yeah. This was a crazy <laughs> fucking team. This was anybody could do anything, and you had to. You got to right. pitch. You got to pitch, dog. Get out there. What? I Get out there. That was fucking baseball to me. Right. That was it. Menke. I forgot all about fucking Menke. I swear to God, that's the first time I heard that name. Wow. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, it's, 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 that was real baseball. So after that guy, once Morgan got on, he was going to steal. Now you got one out and a guy on for second. That's it. That's it. Now comes the meat of the fucking rotation. You had like Concepcion, Bench, and like uh, Perez or something. You had, And that's it. And then Rose was lurking. So now forget it. By the time Rose went up, you're already two nothing. And you had one out and a guy on second still playing. Come on, I'm going to steal from you. <laughs> and by this time, this guy would turn, and he'd balk. Then the guy would move one, and then there you go. And next thing you know, they go up. To, the rotation went up two times. This pitcher, when he goes in, he, you're fucking mesmerized. You can't take that shit. 
Wow. Didn't uh, Johnny Bench get his own TV show? Like a Saturday morning show? Lee? Know. Anybody? Can you look that up? Look that up. I Johnny feel like he Bench did. I think it was after he went to San Diego, though. I think the San Diego mascot was involved. That's a bird, right? I don't follow sports for shit. Well, you better get it together. Yeah, well. Sorry. That's why I got Lee. Look that shit it's up. called Lee. the Baseball Bunch from 92 to 85. Kaboom. All right. All right. He's got Google. So he's good. <laughs> 82 to <laughs> You have to follow sorry. sports if you ever Turns out I do need Lee. So when did you retire? Uh, I, technically, I haven't. I haven't never said that. Yeah, nothing. I haven't. I haven't I have one fight left on my contract, okay. and uh, but I'm working for One FC over in Asia. It's another fight organization, good fight organization, and uh, and I still have a fight left with with UFC. If if I fight, uh, I I contracted by the UFC to fight with UFC, but otherwise I'm working as an executive with One FC for now. So we'll see see what happens in in the upcoming future. It's good to have you here, man. You it's look good to good. be here. I fucking had that call. We're talking, we're talking Cincinnati Reds. Like, how, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that was going to happen. Couldn't plan no, that shit. No, that's what the podcast is. That's what we do here, though. This ain't, uh, uh, you know, I, like I said, that was my. And so I always had a soft spot. I had an uncle who drove me down to Cincinnati, got me a, a windbreaker jacket. Yeah. With Rose on it, number 14, and that was it. I didn't take that motherfucker off. <laughs> so do you I, happen to be a Bengals fan, too? Uh, no. Oh. No. <laughs> I bet against the Bengals. You they sound, played the you, Niners. No, no. You sound uh, a little, it's all randomly picked uh, in the Diaz house. Yeah. You know, yeah, all the no. teams. So who's your football team, then? At that time, when when I was growing up, I liked the Steelers. I, I like the hurt Jack me. Lambert. And, uh, <laughs> hurt Jack, I know, I know, it's anti-Cincinnati, but they're American. I'm Cuban. When I came here, that's all I wanted to be was an American. So yeah, the Minnesota Vikings were okay, but fuck them. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Cowboys. Fuck yeah, Frank Cowboys is American. Well, here's the kid. problem. Here's the problem. All right, you're talking about when I was ten, in comparison to when I got older. Okay. When I was ten, I, I fucking. I just, I just loved the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then he woke up, and then, <laughs> and I, then I woke up, and once I saw the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> work their motherfucking oh, magic. He's a bandwagon he fan. He's a no, bandwagon no, fan. no. I like the. I like these teams. You that like are Tom Landry? No, no, In the seventies, no, no. I liked the Steelers. In the nineties, I was more. In the eighties, no, I was no, a no. 49ers fan. I always, last year, I always I liked Pittsburgh because fan. I always like Pittsburgh because they always had the lowest uh, payroll in yeah. football. I liked them because of that. That's it. It's a blue collar football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I went to I, indoor, no, offense, defense, football camp. And it was Jack Ham and Jack Lambert's football camp. And to me, I was fucking blown away. When I saw Jack Lambert hit and the shit he used to do, it was just amazing, you know? And uh, I always liked every. I, I, look, the thing I liked about Cincinnati was it was always a fucking snowstorm. Oh, and that's yeah. what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> oh, that's football. Yeah. Okay, that's fucking football. That shit with the sun out and the blue <laughs> and the fly, and the airplanes going over and people saluting the flag. Fuck you. Get out there. Get some fucking mud and some ice cocksuckers. Listen, I still remember when the Niners played against Cincinnati that year, like when Joe Montana and all that. Oh yeah. They were playing when Kenny Anderson was the yeah. quarterback. No, uh, that was that was uh, Boomer Sison. No, in '83. Oh, I thought you were talking. Uh, no, no, the Super Bowl game. No, no, the, I'm talking about the early. That's when I was. Yeah. That's when I started discovering the Cincinnati Bengals with Collinsworth and mm -hmm. that whole team. Ken Anderson, I think, was the quarterback or whatever. Yep. Doug, it, every time you watch Cincinnati, there was a snowstorm, or they were blowing fucking steam out of their mouths, or people were shaking. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, what, it's yeah. like Wisconsin, like the Green yeah, Bay Packers. It was man. always yeah. like that, and, you know. And, and it's it, it was so weird how. When I at that time, that's who uh, CBS was putting on. I was putting on Cleveland or Cincinnati, and 
you know, then you switch to the NFC game, which was the Niners. Everybody always, you know, after after like midseason, they always just try to show you the teams that they're pushing, you know, to get yeah. ratings and shit. It's amazing. So, but no, no, I, it wasn't that I was a bandwagon guy. I just never liked the fucking Giants. <laughs> I liked Lawrence pain. Taylor as a football player, how he dragged people, how he tortured people. But I didn't like the Giants as a whole, you know. I liked the, and then I just stopped liking sports altogether. I was telling him I watched football this last week it was on. And he goes, I can't believe you're watching. I go, I just need to scratch an itch. Yeah. In six months, you need 10 minutes of a football game, and you go, all right, I'm good now for the fucking, whether it's preseason or not. You know? So what, you're um, not into sports at all anymore? Am I into sports at all? I can't name teams and coaches. Right. But I, you know, if they enjoy watching a game, you're like me. It's like you're busy and you don't have, you you don't have like there was a a time in my life where I sit down and watch like ESPN, like watch the game recaps, NFL Network. You watch the the fast forward games. You're watching draft, all that stuff, man. The combines, like I'm especially with football because I grew up playing football my whole life and I'm like I was on it all the time, like watching that stuff. And then you finally get to a point like. Where you just you don't have that time you don't have the time to keep up. It's like right. it really is like sports is like a soap opera for a man. Sure, it's really you know especially now like in social media. Oh, it's crazy. Like, who's saying what on social media? Who's getting traded? What team? What's going on? Like you know the big hype this year was like LeBron going back to Cleveland. You know and like people care about that as much as they care about actually watching him play. Yeah, and so you you get caught up in all the minutia of all this stuff. You're like I, I, like especially with baseball season. Like I've never been a big baseball fan because if you turn your TV off for four days, your your team just went from first to last in their division. And you're like, how, how the hell did that happen? It goes for like yeah. 10 months. It goes from yeah. February to October. It's fucking, it's way too long. But yeah. it's kind of the cool thing about fighting because I was thinking about it uh, like a week or so ago that I love all the Boston teams because I'm from there. But it's kind of weird that it's just based on where you're from. Like it would almost be more fun to like do what Joey did and pick a, a player so we liked. But with fighting, it's kind of like NASCAR where like you could have families against each other. Yeah. And it's uh, it's kind of interesting well, you know, I'll tell you what changed. Like when when uh, the sports went to free agency, I remember being a kid. I grew up. I grew up as a Skins fan as a kid. My dad, same thing. My dad bought me a, a like at a garage sale. I got a little Redskins windbreaker, you know. And so I had this thing in growing up. And prior to that, like you know, I watched I watched the Redskins all up until probably like the late '80s, early '90s when when they won. They I think they won their last their Super Bowl in '91. But prior to that, they, the NFL had gone to free agency. And so one season you're watching your team, and it's the same players on the same team year right. after year after year. And then Reagan's, yeah, Theismann. exactly. You know they had the whole posse, and and then you know their their set of linemen and all that stuff. What was and the name they, of those guys? The Hogs. The Hogs. Yeah, the Hogs. The hogs. And the Hoggets. Yeah. Tremendous. But then all of a sudden, like next season, like six key players are on different teams, and you're like, what? What? The, what? And I'm a kid from Cincinnati. Following you, follow like players. You right. follow stories. You know, so. Yeah, so I don't. So were you watching live when Thaisman got his leg cracked? I, I was actually too. by his guy Me Lawrence. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's, right, right, right. I right. think I stopped. I watched sports till maybe a year after high. And this is what really happened: a year after high school, the year that John Riggins beat up the Killer Bees. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. He just John Riggins up. is badass. John Riggins dude. is badass. Uh, <laughs> I had a, a roommate named Fernie Basasudo that we grew up together. We played. He was a big time football player, but he couldn't go to college because he was just blind. Yeah. He played an offensive guard. And he was just blind, and I had moved back to Jersey. And he goes, "You want to live with me in my basement?" We we fixed it up, and he came to me one day, and he's like, "Hey man, you guys are always talking about this gambling shit. How do you gamble?" And I explained to him, and it was one of our friends' dad was a bookie. I go, "Just call Pelican's father, you know, and he'll he'll hook you up." 
And he bet the first time he bet, he bet a hundred time parlay, and he fucking won. Oh wow! A hundred time parlay. I think I forget what he won. Did he develop a problem? Because if you have beginner's luck like that on he, shit, he got beginner's luck. We went out to this restaurant. We got lobster fried Diablo, and he just went on a fucking tear. And he made like he was up sixty fucking grand. Like it was his job now. Like it oh, was I got his a new job. job. Yeah. And he's up sixty grand. He's like, like this, this is it's that easy. With <laughs> that 20, easy. every week. Yeah. We are twenty one, maybe, and this guy's up forty grand, and he's got it under his fucking bed. <laughs> right. Okay. And and then he's got a jar thing like a. This was way before the water things. He had like a Rossi, Martini and Rossi. Remember right. the, the yeah. big things of wine? He had it filled with $100 bills. <laughs> I mean, this guy was killing them. And he worked at his dad's restaurant, H&B Diner in Edgewater, right where they shot Copland. Okay. Right there. If you see that where that bar is, you look, that's H&B Diner. And uh, he was up like 40 grand. We would go out every night, get cocktails. He was on fire. He had two bookies strung out. You know, <laughs> I would ask him, what do you need? You know, it was amazing. And then it just started. It was just a slow decline. Like once yeah. January of 83 came, it was over. Did he keep, keep he, betting? He kept betting. And then Super Bowl weekend came, and it was the the Redskins yeah. against the Killer Bees from Miami. Right. And he bet everything on fucking Miami. The whole wine box. And he sat on everybody's bets. And I'll never forget, he just lost everything. And he had to go to the bookie and make a payment deal. Yeah. And, and the guy who knew his father would come into the diner, so he had to get a job from uh, 6 to 2 in the morning pumping gas. Nice. And then from 6 in the morning to whatever. At his father's diner. Imagine if he didn't live in Jersey, he couldn't even get that job. Shit. <laughs> I and thought he, I thought this was going to end up being one of those stories where he disappeared and nobody knows where he is now. No, no, he's, he's not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. He never really recovered, guys. Yeah. How much did he lose? That was the peak of his he life? Had, he ended up losing like 40 grand. Oh. When you're making 300 a fucking week. Yeah. yeah. You're paying 200 a week, you know, in, in VIG and whatever the fuck he was paying. Like, it took him a whole summer of working 75 hours a week. And he paid the people off, and that was it. And then I know he doesn't watch sports anymore, but after that, it was like life happens. You know, sure. like you, yeah. you, you have to go to school, and you, and you start watching one quarter of a game. I remember in this country when Monday Night Football meant something. Oh, sure. Yeah. You didn't give, I remember fucking going, you know what, Lee? I ain't going on Saturday night because I want 40 bucks to go to Monday. That was it. Yeah. And this co- 20 years ago, Monday night was your big fucking night. You know, you went out on Monday night, you sat at a bar, you got wings or a burger, you talk right. shit. You know, it was great. That 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 went away. I don't understand how the fuck that went away. Well, there's no, I, there was no competition either. There was what? Like two other channels was the competition back then. Yeah, but right? still. I mean, it's still it's, this just, is, it's on ESPN now. And, on ESPN. And, they, and they got rid of the classic Monday night song too, you know. you know What that, was it? I don't oh, remember. For some it was, football yeah. or something like that. Well, now they have Sunday night. This is how much the country And Thursday changed. night. Well, when I was growing up, yeah, Sunday right. night, you watch fucking uh, <laughs> Lawrence Rider. Welk, uh, and then you watch whatever the fucking do with the animals. Right, Manimal. No, no, no fucking Manimal. <laughs> the guy on NBC. What was his name? Uh, Lawn whatever, Wild Kingdom. Uh, That's what America did. Now they said, fuck Wild Kingdom. Kids don't need to know about mountain lions. Because <laughs> we got Discovery on. Channel. If you want to know, no, you know, yeah. no. That's but, what, it's a family night, but now they put football on. And I get it. I get it. It's all for Vegas. You know, I always say this. Thursday night is the last supper, whether it's college football or, right. or, or football. That's how they get you. Then, then they give you Friday night off. And then Saturday they nail one hand. <laughs> 
Saturday late show, yeah. they nail the other one. Then you bet Hawaii to come back. They nail your head. <laughs> then Sunday, you got the morning. They nail one foot. They nail the other foot. They stick a cross in your heart. Yeah. And Monday night football is the fucking thorn. That's all. It's the same thing. It's all. It's the same thing. When you're betting Hawaii late night on a Saturday night, you got a fucking <laughs> gambling problem, okay? You got to wait till four in the morning to get the fucking score in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. my God. I, I, I remember that shit. So that's what happened with me. Once I didn't gamble or once I didn't have those people around me that I would cheer for them, Yeah. then I said, well, I can't watch a fucking game. That's it. And that's why I don't like, I swear to God, I love the UFC, but I don't like on Fox Sports when they put the line under it. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. What, is it, what does that mean? The line under the line. They put the betting line. Put the betting line. okay. That's it. That's the end yeah. of the sport. Now it becomes something else. I enjoy it as a sport. I talk a lot of shit, but I've only probably bet two bets on the UFC. If you didn't bet Frank Yeager against Sean Shirk, you fucked up. Right there, you fucked up. I, I, listen, he was on the climb. You fucked up right I've, there. I've never, never bet on an MMA fight because you know you, I take, you, I take you're one. You're American. Yeah, you're Pete Rose Jr. Yeah, exactly. You I'm from Cincinnati. Hall of Fame, baby. Hall of Fame. You got to think about that. Shit. Yeah, exactly. So is it kind of you know. weird doing something that people are betting on? Well, I'll tell you, it, it is. The, it, uh, just to back up, I, the, I used to teach high school math. If you, if you didn't know that. And I always tell people, like, I'm a guy in this world who, at one point in time, would put my signature on a piece of paper the kid did not want to take home. It was called a progress report. Right. And then you fast forward, and several years later, I'm the guy who a kid would be standing in line for several hours for to get my signature. So it's a really, really weird juxtaposition in life. I can remember the first time that I actually went to Vegas, and... I mean, I've seen like you know, seen my face my face on billboards, and I've been to like Tops, the trading card company, and had trading cards, and my face on like um, blackjack tables and poker chips. And the first time I walked in and saw like betting lines on me, and, and fortunately I was the favorite the first time. I don't I don't think I could have handled looking up and being like, <laughs> wow, I'm I'm the plus five seventy, <laughs> really. So, but yeah, it, it, it's weird just to see that transition. But at some point in time, you just you get used to the fact that it's just part of the game. I just. Uh... It's like they took the virginity away from me yeah. for a guy like me. And I, you know what? I, I get it. But, you know, it's like I'm always a guest of Joe's. I'm a guest of Dana's. When I see Dana, I always say thank you very much for the tickets to the fight. I always behave myself because I have to be better than, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I think in my head. Yeah. When I take you somewhere, you got to be better than him. Mm-hmm. You got to, you know, it's like I, I used to work for my in-laws uh, 30 years ago. And, I, and they always said you were the hardest worker I had. Because I took pride in that. Because I didn't want them to say, he don't work hard. He's just a brother-in-law. So my mentality is, so when I started going to UFC, I was fucking around. But I would never bet. I tell people I bet to fuck around the videos. But I always felt guilty if I bet. So for me, the first time I saw the lines in a UFC fight, I just flipped. I just fucking flipped. Because it becomes something else in my mind. It's not just two guys for the enjoyment. Now people are going to bail out on a Saturday night fight. Do you follow me? So now, instead of us just watching it because Rich Franklin's fighting somebody, now I'm watching Rich Franklin because I'm bailing out on Rich Franklin. I'm going to bet Rich Franklin to get me back college football. I lost college football all day. On Saturday, I probably lost Friday night NBA basketball. So back to this shit. This is very interesting here. Get in here, too. I'm in. You're the man. I'm in. You know, I love you to death. I love you back. Where did you go to college at? UC. University of Cincinnati. 
No shit. So yeah. you go all the way to the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. My friend went to University I, of Cincinnati. I, I didn't live on campus. I, uh, I commuted there and uh, drove in every day, drove home every day, and got my uh, undergrad and my graduate there. So, and math. You're that good at math. Uh, no, I got my undergrad in, in math, and I think wow. I could—I think I could have gotten my graduate. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a fairly intelligent fella. Wow. However, uh, there, something happens to people between the time they get their bachelor's in mathematics and their master's in mathematics. They start doing things like tucking their jeans inside their socks and leaving one <laughs> half, like one half of their shirt out. Uh, you know, like stuff yeah. like that, like snot on the handkerchief, visible for the Start class get, to see. Getting a little Einsteinish, yeah, a little exactly. kooky. You know, the guy who the guy who's like figuring out like you know theory of relativity, but can't tie his shoes right. or find his way home or remember his address. Boulder, so. Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I kind of is like it's it's kind of like you know when you've gone out drinking and you know when to like cut off. Like yeah, what's that like? No, I'm just no, kidding. I, I, you know what? Actually, <laughs> honestly, I've never drank. Oh, okay. I've never drank, so I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm like, uh, I never drank, never drank my whole life. Right. And so I was like the best friend you could have had in college. Sure. Good. You're right home. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, when you were teaching math, were you active in any? Were you wrestling, or you were just going to a gym after? Yeah. No. I. I. So I got the first UFC was the year I graduated from high school. It was uh my uh, you know that that year my senior year of high school, and so I was um. After I re- legitimately was like the Rudy of my high school football team. I didn't even start. Was uh, just I graduated, weighed 150 pounds, soaking wet, and uh, wasn't very fast, wasn't very strong, didn't have the God-given talent. Hit a growth spurt my uh, my freshman year of college. By the time I was like midway through my sophomore year, I came back and I looked like the guy who ate Rich Franklin rather than Rich Franklin. <laughs> and people would walk up to me like, "Whoa, what happened to you?" But I, I got involved in martial arts my senior year of high school. And then I was just one of those guys, like, I went to college, I trained, and once, if I take on a hobby, like, I'm either all in or I don't bother with it. And so, I mean, I literally, I went to campus, took my classes, got my butt off of campus, and I was training six hours a day, every day. My senior year, one of my friends had dared me to, uh, to take a fight, a local amateur fight. I did. I did well. Led to another, led to another. Started teaching, started, had a professional fight. My first pro fight, I made 200 bucks. I was like, whoa, I can make money doing this, like cha-ching and uh, just led to another fight led to another fight and, and I was fighting the whole time I was teaching and by my fourth year of teaching I thought I wonder if I can actually quit doing you know do this full time I had picked up a guy who was kind of managing me at the time managing my quote unquote career and uh, I talked to him about it consulted him he said you know what I think you do a really good job at this so um, you know give it some thought and we took some we took some strategically planned fights that year to kind of position me into the UFC noticing who I was. And you got to remember man, back then like I'm fighting in like 19, you know, 1998 was my first fight. I'm I'm, I'm showing up at places where there were no weight classes. Like there'd be a you know, I I would walk in at like 205 pounds fighting somebody that was 260. Like this these things happened. Right. And it was just, it was a different sport back then where you just brought your own gloves, you know? Yeah. Like, you're like, here, I'll, I'll fight in these gloves. And they're like, okay, check. He's got his own gloves. And it's like, did anybody check those for actual padding? You know, it was that kind of stuff all the time. And uh, the UFC was immediately televised, right? It wasn't something, it was like invented for television, right? Or no? No. No? It was when did it start? You said it started. 93. 93 was the first one. And actually, really, like the UFC, if you look at the history of the UFC, like the Gracie family, who is, I mean, these, these guys are smart. The, the UFC was designed basically to showcase that martial art is what right. it was. And they, they, they were selecting people in various martial arts to basically show. They took a guy like Hoyce, who is very unassuming, and said, 
we're gonna take a guy. We're not. We're not even gonna take our like. I mean, it would imagine like because you look back in the day and you look at the early UFC fighters, you look like a guy like Ken Shamrock. And you expect him to be the toughest guy. In the, I mean, that guy, he looked the part, and and he was legit. Like he was a legit MMA guy for all those early athletes at the time, you know. But they didn't want somebody that looked like that out of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu camps. They wanted somebody that where people were like, "What? This guy? Like right. this guy's beating guys like Dan Severn? Like right? You know, the beast." He's submitting the beast, like really, and so they did a good job with that. But you know, the UFC went through that period where they were, you know, they were banned in forty-eight states, and, really? and this is the time. Yeah, this is the time. Before, well, they had no rules, right? Yeah. <coughs> well, they, I mean, it started with like three rules. You know, yeah. I remember no gouging eyes, no biting, no fish hooking. I saw know. a fight oh, where somebody was just stomping on this guy's balls. Yeah, yeah, no, no fish oh hooking. <laughs> yeah, that what's was, the fight when the guy ripped his ponytail? <laughs> Dude, um, oh my god! Yeah, every time was, I uh, think of that, I laugh. No, he, he, he. he I, can't, I can't remember the fight. I'm long, oh man, it's on tip of my tongue too. Um, it's not Eric Paulson. Who was the blonde hair guy? And he had his hand like woven right into this guy had a ponytail, and it was like, you know, he fought the next time he fought, he had a nice little trim crew cut. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm done with that. So it was legal back then. His handle. Yeah. But yeah, they moved towards sanctioning. But you know, I like I quit my teaching job in '02, and uh, you, you know, the UFC the first the first Ultimate Fighter was '05. Oh five. Yeah, '05. No, oh, yeah, '05. So it was like it, w- it wasn't until '05 where the popularity of this sport started taking off. And at that time, like I'm walking away from a solid job, you know, a good, good degree job, a career, and, and telling my dad, like, "Hey, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit my my job to go fight for a living." And my dad just was not a happy camper at the time, right? <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, it was it was it was a definitely a different sport back then. But it started hobby. I had I had n- no clue that I would do this professionally. These kids that you were teaching those years, you just keep in touch with them? Some of them. Some I got, of them. Yeah, I got a few that, that hit me up on email here and there. Uh, you know, I got about a half a dozen that that stay in constant contact with me. Maybe another half a dozen that just sporadically kind of hit me up here and there. And Not I, to take you off thing, but today I finally got a hold of my eighth grade teacher. What? Oh, no. Did you apologize? <laughs> no, he was one of my main dudes. Wait, Barone or? Uh, no, I, I took him to meet my one seventh grade teacher. Seventh grade. I was real tight with my teachers, though. Oh, okay. Real tight. Because I, mean, I, I would figure, I would figure you no, could go I'm, one or two ways. Like you'd be in my class, I would either love no, you to death, no, or I'd be no, like, man, no. Once this, we, this guy makes my job. No, <laughs> no, I would bust your balls in the beginning. Once you took me outside and said, "I'm here to help you," yeah, I'll get you from the C to an A. We're done. Like that, We're yeah. done. We're good. That's it. Now nobody could fuck with him. And that was my thing with these teachers. Mr. T, once he told me you could do whatever you want, but this needs to be done. Yeah. Done. Uh, Barone, I, I... Well, you tortured you this, him at the beginning. I fucking threw away his car keys. <laughs> Last day of school with all his fucking keys. I threw him in a garbage pail. He never found me. He had to go home, get his wife. Didn't talk to me. But the first day of school, I was anticipating he's going to fucking kill me. He never mentioned it again. When I found out he was in the Hall of Fame for basketball... It was all over. Yeah. Like, it was all over. After uh-huh. that, like, what, what are you in the Hall of Fame for? Free throws. Are you fucking kidding me? That was it. I, I You know, and then this guy, I like this guy because he was uh, he was the mayor of Weehawken. Weehawken is a town in New Jersey. When you come out of the bridge right there, a tunnel, and my father died in that town. That, in that, uh, we were in Union City, and he died in that, in that hospital with a heart attack. But he was the mayor of Weehawken before they developed that to look into New York City. So he was the first guy that started taking racketeering and all that shit. Mm-hmm. They arrested him in the classroom, though. Because oh. he was also a teacher. He was yeah. also an eighth grade teacher. <laughs> wow. But he was solid. Like, he was the mayor of Weehawken. Mm-hmm. 
But North Bergen is so corrupt that they were like, we'll play ball with you. You know, but why don't you come on down here and teach? And he went to the North. Why would a mayor <laughs> of a town be an eighth grade fucking teacher? Well, this is like the, uh, this is like the 73 Reds you're talking about. They're like, hey, you get on out there and pitch for yeah, us. Just go he also play. short yeah. stuff. I never yeah. pitched before in my life. Just go out there. Give it a try. Columbia. It's not that hard. It's a ball. It's like yeah, throwing it. Just throw the fucking ball. <laughs> Can you believe that Bench used to play first base? <laughs> Nobody remembers that. And the guy that would relieve Bench was just a couple pussy hairs. As good as Bench, Bill Plummer. Bill Plummer would rock with the best of them. Doesn't his son play for somebody? His son's a quarterback. Uh, Jake the Denver Plummer? Broncos. Yeah, Jake. He's, he's been gone so, for a while. I think so. Something to do with that. But that's amazing. That I wonder what those kids look at you as. Like when they're at a bar now, and all of a sudden they're watching UFC on. Well, you got to remember, I was fighting when I was teaching. I just wasn't in the UFC, but I was fighting these uh, the smaller shows. So you would, go, you would go to class with a black oh, eye all the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no teeth and shit. Yeah, that yeah. right there. Kids no, love got, that shit. I got all my teeth. Though. Kids <laughs> love that shit. Kids so. love you. If I had a teacher that came with a black eye, fuck. Yeah, I come. I come in on a Monday, just kick the can over when I got a black. I'm like, I had a bad weekend. <laughs> well, especially in math, because a lot of math teachers aren't that inspiring and like mm. they're not that cool. Like, like the cool teachers are like the history teachers usually, like some yeah. like English. Yeah. But and but if, if I had a cool math teacher, dude, you know, listen, man. Once I'm, you can threaten the kids, it makes it easier. <laughs> you, you know how hard it is to make math cool, like for real. Oh, I hate it. I hated geometry. Algebra was cool. I, could, I just never understood shapes. I was fucking yeah, terrible. Yeah, but you know what? At least shapes you can see, man. Like algebra, like. I mean, to me, it makes sense, but to a kid, like, I, because I've been so, I, I, I thought I always thought I was a good teacher because I had kids in my classroom who would just sit there and they're looking at you like, uh, like you're speaking Chinese, yeah, right. And I, at that level, I'm like, I don't understand how this algebra can confuse you this much. But I've been there before. I've been there just at, at, at a 500 level math course when I was taking when I was in college when I was getting smoked by all these graduate, you know, these people that already they were taking as a graduate course, and I'm the worst one in the class because. I'm still an undergrad, and they have like a year or two more math than me. And so I know what it's like to be that guy in a class, and that's what made me a great teacher, I think. But, yeah, it's no matter how cool you are as an individual, you still got to come in and be like, hey, guess what? Today, today guys, we're going to learn how to find the foci of a hyperbola. No, I swear. It's fun. Trust me. Just trust me. Let's get into this. You know, math is how you look at it, though, guys. Oh, math is how you look at it. Yeah. Not for nothing, Rich. I hope I don't offend nobody. Nah, when, I was, <laughs> when I was coked up all those years, when I used to get coked up, that's what I would do, math. A beautiful mind. I don't Diaz know just gets I a would whole get wall. coked up to the gills. Coked up to the gazilles. You'd wake up the next day and be pages of math everywhere. <laughs> Guys, we can pay the gas bill. I fucking invent governments He's and set payrolls and budgets. <laughs> He's I, got a cure I'm for e- cancer I'm in the notebook somewhere. Major. So, but let me tell you something about math. And I, and I, I tell, it's like my, the other day my, my, my in-laws made a fucking statement. And they're like, maybe the baby's having a hard time speaking because Joey's teaching her Spanish. You know, and I believe this shit. You know, I've been taking jiu-jitsu for 15 months, and it's finally starting to click. Yeah. Okay? I'm the type of guy, I ain't fucking Johnny Genius. So my algebra, I took algebra my freshman year. Remember, you could be a moron, and they would give you college prep courses. Yeah. Your freshman and sophomore year. No, I was good at math. So they gave me Algebra 1. I remember the teacher was gay as fuck. <laughs> and the only reason why I went was Lisa Trich's in that class. And her pussy must have weighed 50 fucking pounds. <laughs> and she used to wear clogs. I would just go in there just to look to see what her monkeys look like. Me and Glenn Conti, stinky. Yeah. She would walk in the class and we'd just look at each other. you see the size of a fucking pussy. And that's why we went. I didn't do too good the first two quarters. And I would fuck with the teacher. And one day he pulled me aside. He's like, I might be a faggot, but I'll bitch slap you to death. And I was like... <laughs> 
Done. We're solid. And I asked him, can he quit looking at that pussy and, and start he, paying attention? Yeah. And he asked me if he could, if I'd come in one day and work with him. I worked with him. And after that, he opted to be my algebra teacher for three years. Oh, that's awesome. Once you get math, you got it. Yep. It's just getting it. And for some people, it takes some people longer than others. And once you see it, same thing happened to me. With, with I, I've learned the biggest lessons about life through math because math makes you analytical. When I went to college, I was an econ major, right? And I didn't know, I, I couldn't get it, guys. I couldn't get it. And I was a CUOP dude, a minority dude. So I went to the department. I go, look, dog, I can't get this. <laughs> and they said, no problem. You get two hours of tutoring. We're going to hook you up with an Arab guy. And right there, I was like, I'm quitting tomorrow because I didn't, I didn't know nothing about Arabs or Persians. I knew nothing. I'm a fucking Cuban kid from Jersey. And uh, the guy's name was Mohammed Zabib. And that dude working me three or four hours the same. I was like, Did he Fuck. threaten you like the other guys? Dog, let me tell you something. After a week, me and him became, <laughs> it was the biggest lesson ever. I ate some of the fucking Habib food. <laughs> yeah. I didn't eat the hummus. I never succumbed to hummus. Okay. Yet. Once you eat hummus, you're done. Have you ever tried hummus way. ever? Yes, it's okay. disgusting. Okay. Really? Cubans invented hummus. Garbanzo beans. What are you fucking he don't, he don't we like have, hummus. We ate hummus. How, and how it's natural. Like hummus? I don't like it, though. <laughs> he don't like ranch. He don't like hummus. I don't like ranch dressing. That's like being Asian and not liking rice or something. No, I don't like Hummus, it's disgusting. Wow. It's what did he call like Arabian spackle? Spackle. <laughs> it's Arabian spackle. You see those houses in the kingdom and all those movies <laughs> that made a fucking hummus. When you see those little shacks they got out there. Instead of a gingerbread house, it's a hummus house. I so this 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 teacher, you, everyone knew he was gay. Mr. And this is back in the, the day. Teacher. Yeah, you know, he, 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 he obviously said, glasses and he felt comfortable saying, Hey, I'm a faggot. No, he didn't tell me. Oh, he, he didn't told say me that. afterward by myself. Oh, okay. I must have goofed on him or something. He goes, Hey man, I might be a faggot, but I'll light you up. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. And he said, you know, if you need help with this, come to me like a man. Don't be a fucking faggot. <laughs> so I went to him and he helped me. And then once I caught on to Matt, he was done. I was getting bees and shit. He was he was like blown away. Like, what happened? And I go, I'd be an idiot in the get go. But once I get going, you're finished. You know what I'm saying? You're fucking finished, dog. I'm not good in the first round. But if I can last... <laughs> I'm, I'm slow out of the gates, too, man. If I, I speed up as If I can last to the one minute left in the second round yeah. and get my composure and remember what muscle memory you you're taught finisher. me... You're a finisher. You're a finisher. I'll fuck you up. I'll get you. I'll get you. If the wind lasts long and shit, then I'm good, you know? But it's... it's People uh, always... I hate when people, like, get turned off by math. Math is fucking easy, man. If you... Get in that motherfucker. I, well, I know what you're talking about, being the worst in the class, because in algebra, they tried to move me from, like, regular to, like, the advanced stuff, and I lasted, like, two days, and then I had to go down. But in geometry, even in the regular class, I was the one kid in back, like, I don't understand a one word they're talking about. And it, it feels terrible. Like, science was like that for me, too. I wasn't really good at science. What about the, the what about chemistry, dude? That's when shit gets fucking that, nutty. I oh. said that, and that was... The, do you, can you handle chemistry yeah, equations? Yeah, I can, I can now. Oh well, my I'll god! Tell you a funny story. So when when I when I resigned from teaching, uh, I resigned in '02, and then I was still working in at risk program for like I worked in at risk program up until about uh, I don't know about a week before I won my title. I was doing two, teaching two nights a week, and so these these kids they sit in this this classroom on computers and they do all their curriculum on computers, but the teachers are there as to be like you know. To, to help them, like, you know, tutor them and help them with tests and all that kind of stuff. And they, they do their homework on the computer, their tests on the computer. And so I was the only math certified teacher in the entire building. So all the students would wait until my days of the week to ask math questions and science questions. And chemistry, obviously, is one of the high school right. courses they got to take. So they come in and they're like, all right, I'm working on this 
So the, the, you know, these two atoms form an ionic bond. With this <laughs> atom, it's a covalent bond. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to my electron configuration, right. so I had to go back in and relearn. Like I had to relearn like high school chemistry just to be able to tutor these yeah. kids. But fortunately, when you have a math background, like it, it translates to sciences across the board fairly well. Right. But of you know, except for biology. Yeah, oh, so. biology was terrible. Too. That's just a lot of words. That's biology. as far. Well, as hold I on. Got. What subject did you like? I was history, English, and then when I got to high school and I started having video classes. That's. That's all I cared about. You're good at that. I could get. You're good at watching TV. No, well, well, like I like make it, but like I was the type of guy. I if I didn't like it, I would just get. I could do enough work to get like a C plus, B minus, and then I was happy. It just if I if I wasn't interested in the class, but like cool history classes, cool English classes, I would actually work at. But I was lucky enough that I could do the basic minimum and get like a B minus, and I was like that. I didn't like geography early on because I didn't know why. I didn't really give a fuck. <laughs> where everything was, yeah. I didn't give a fuck. I gave a fuck where New Jersey was. I, I could care. But then, then all of a sudden, you're stranded in Kentucky with nowhere to eat steak. Yeah, and you're and like, yeah. I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Paducah is. That, that Mr. Smith was talking Son about my bitch. sophomore year. He was right. There are no Asians here. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, like uh, how you look back now at your grammar school and your high school, and you're like, I wish. I always liked school. I always enjoyed going to class. It's social. Absolutely. It's they, social. You go and you, you know, and some teachers, if they let you, broke their balls. And some teachers told you from the jump, don't break my balls. You know, and I'm, the grammar school I went to was a little rough and tumble. And I saw uh, there was one teacher, he's dead now, Earl Kingwell. And he was a high school basketball ref. And he would push kids around. And I saw him get beat up by a parent. I saw a gym Whoa. teacher. I saw a gym teacher get lit up by Carmine Balzano when they banged his head against the wall fifteen times. For what? For hitting his son. Oh wow! I saw some good <laughs> shit. I so my era was that era when when we could get hit and then like they quit swatting kids. Like as I don't know, maybe like my uh, junior senior yeah, year. A teacher could not do anything. Now. Oh, not now. You scare a kid though. I would. I would. I would feel really bad for a teacher today because he. The thing with a teacher is that he has to cut this shit. It's like going to prison. You walk in, the first fucking spitball. You got to stop what you're doing and go, here it is. I will take one of you motherfuckers and throw you out the fucking window. You know, when I was growing up, that's how they did it. Now you can't do that. You yeah, you, but, but you, you just got no make leverage. Me, you, listen, you walk into class with a black eye. Yeah, no. Whether you could do it or not, they're going to believe you will. No, that's, because, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the best thing in the world. Or a stab wound. <laughs> like or a like, knife still in your like, neck, or like you got shot the week before, or something like that. Yeah, I, listen, I got I got stabbed on my way to school today, but I'm gonna, I'm going to remove this, and we're still going to do algebra because that's how that's how badass. I remember, I, am. I still got this knife on me. Yeah. <laughs> when I went to high school, we had there was more respect for the teachers. The grammar school where I went to, it was uh, it was a, a, a working class white mentality. Yeah. Like there was only like maybe ten Spanish kids in that school. They were all Irish, Italian, a few Jews, some Germans. So, uh, you know, you, the teacher was more than your parent during the week. That's eight hours a fucking day. Absolutely. And that's what these kids don't understand. You know, I, I got to get along with them. But it was after we tried to push their buttons. We tried to, especially in grammar school. I had Levito, who I just spoke to. He had a wig. But on Fridays, he would let me sing My Eyes Adored You by Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. <laughs> so we were straight, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Plus, he was a member of the Ecology Club, and he'd take us to these fucking things. Kingwell, I had a problem with. I had a problem when I went to Catholic school. That sucked dick. 
That sucked dick. Those nuns are fucking brutal. Fuck those bitches. <laughs> uh, but no, everything else was, was great, man. It's amazing that, that, that you went from teaching. I wonder how these kids feel today. That's what I... Yeah, I've been, email you and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I've been back in the school a couple times. Like uh, CNBC did a special on me once, and we went back to school, and somebody else did a special on me, and we went back to the school, and it was pretty cool. Like you run into some kids. Like the first time I went there, I ran into some kids who were still there that were there that were like freshmen when I was teaching, right. and, and now they're like about to graduate. And then it, it's cool. Like even after the fact, you go into school now, and obviously they're like rumors and legendary rumors and of you know fights i got into with students and stuff like that it's pretty awesome they so, asked you about that or are you clearing shit up or are you just letting the, nah, the myth I let it ride, live right I, I let it ride yeah somebody asked me how i went from uh i was i was on a show one time doing an interview and somebody says so how did how did you go from like teaching to mixed martial arts and i'm like well there was i said i had this student in my class who was very disrespectful we got into this altercation and it was pretty bad i ended up going to court and they basically mandated an anger management course which led to some martial arts training and so it led to a career in MMA. And I'm like telling this story like straight face. And they're looking at me like, and the interviewer was like, I don't have anything to segue here. Like, you, you just see the look on his face like, oh, that's inspiring. <laughs> so. Well, the UFC must have loved it because a lot of the criticism was like, like barbarians and like too too intense. But like to have a guy who has a master's degree and was a high school math teacher that, that yeah. like that must have well, came been in hand, huge. Came yeah. in handy because you know I was on like the Donnie Deutsch show once and I did the Bill O'Reilly show with Dana one time, and we did that like I did a lot of stuff with the UFC, uh, with like the Associated Press and all that and talking, just because you can talk intelligently about the sport and and about the safety measures that they take and and all those kinds of things and so that's actually a little bit of, because of working with One FC in Asia we're kind of running into the same problem so I end up doing a lot of the, similar types of interviews over there talking about how safe the sport is and what measures we go through for training for the referees and the doctors and, and pre-medical, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we there was a lot of time put into uh, into legitimizing this sport in public opinion, so to speak. Is there, I mean, any, uh, yeah. is there any fatalities at all in, in that sport? Or I think there have been a couple. Uh, like there was, I know there was one in Russia for sure, but any of the fatalities, I think, I think there may have been two documented cases that dealt with fights. But um, That's, that's kind of low for a, a, yeah, a full-contact sport, right? It is. But here's the thing. Like, you'll find like that a lot, of these, a lot of serious injuries and stuff like that, they happen in organizations that don't have the rigorous like, pre-medical testing or just the, the testing that you had to go through. I mean, because like you're getting ready to get into a fight, I, I can sign up for a fight, and perhaps I have like I'm like this close to having an aneurysm in my brain, and then suddenly I'm half a round in, and I get hit three or four times, and that puts me over the top. You know, so people can sit and say, well, well, MMA is dangerous. Well, if this guy would have done the proper medical testing to begin with, then you never would have had this problem. You know, there's a lot of football players dying recently, like a lot of high school football players. Yeah. Like, they're dying on the field because it's just so hot. That's crazy. You would think yeah. more, more more would happen in fighting. I, I wasn't a, a UFC fan when it first came out. I turned it on one day and said, oh, are you man, fucking was... crazy? <laughs> are you fucking crazy? I was like, I'm not watching this fucking... And I also, when I came from Cuba, I joined up in martial arts. I loved it. And when I went to Jersey, I was Nishinru Karate. I loved all that shit. I used to go to tournaments and... I was a martial art nerd. You know, I had all the weapons and the stars. Oh, me too, man. I, I, I've been to like every flea market, that, east coast and west coast. All that fucking shit, man. Ninja stars from all of them. This, when I'm bored, I'll just go to the martial arts hall of fame down here in Burbank. They got everything. Everything was invented three blocks from here. Like that martial arts store. You know that? Three blocks no, from here. I, 
the oldest. It's Gene LaBelle's. Oh, really? Gene LaBelle's in there every fucking day. You go in there and they still got Bruce Lee pictures. That was it. They used to walk those fucking streets. You make that right on Burbank Boulevard. You make the left on Burbank Boulevard. There's everything. There's jujitsu. There's Shotokan karate. Who teaches fucking Shotokan karate? Well, I started off in Shonru, which is almost the same thing. Shonru, Shotokan. These are all the things that, you know, now Taekwondo, but I remember there was no jujitsu when I when I was no. You had to go to the Bronx. Like some there was a Brazilian dude in the Bronx that took this shit take people down. Always judo. Cubans love judo. So there was always a Cuban, a judo place in my neighborhood down by 7th Street. Some Cuban guy that was in Russia. But it's amazing that I didn't like it at first. And it wasn't until I watched, and I was going like, you know, when you're going through Spike, and I watched. Rich Franklin. No, no, no. (laughs) I watched Rich Franklin like a week later, though. I was very impressed. And I remember that you remind me of a dear friend of mine. Uh, my first UFC fight that I caught off the cuff was Anderson's first fight. Oh, Lieben. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. What is this? No, UFC. And I called Joe the next day. I, go, I watched that shit last night. <laughs> what the fuck? Anderson Silva, I told you. I've been telling you for three fucking years to put it on. I told you. I've been asking you for years if you want to come watch it. I wouldn't go watch it. All you want to talk about is the Reds. We got new shit. I remember him taking me to a fight one time, and I just left. But he gave tickets to his lawnmower guy, and he kept asking me. They said they didn't see you. I'm like, I went. I just They kept asking me about movies and shit. I didn't want to be bothered. I I just couldn't go. I couldn't sit there. I didn't know what it was all about. It was Chuck. uh, It was... uh, not Odell was fighting the other guy, the Amer- Captain America. Randy was fighting somebody. I don't even know. And I was like, I'm not sitting through this shit. Where was it? Where was the fight? MGM Grand or something like Vitor? that. Vitor? No, no, I don't. Because that was because when Randy fought Vitor, oh, he fought, I think I think he fought Vitor at the MGM, and he also fought Tito at the MGM. But Vitor is the one when his eye got scratched and it ended in like 19 seconds or something. Because his yeah, the the doc the ref, the doctor wouldn't let him continue. Did. He lost his belt, and because of it, yeah. And after that, I watched uh, maybe like Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. and then I got into it. I yeah. really started watching, like wow, and I became a fan. But it took me a long time. Like yeah. it really did. Like people kept asking me, "Don't you go to the fights?" And I'm like, "I wouldn't fucking go to those things, man. I'm telling you, that's that's crazy." That I saw Tank Abbott, and that's what pissed me off. It, you mean you saw him in the, in the uh, cage? Yeah, and oh, I was okay. like, I'll never watch that. There's yeah. no need for that. <laughs> There's no need for it. What is that? that? For those on the outside, what Tech is Abbott is just a guy with a beard. It looks like somebody was a biker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't want to see that. I wanted to see like a martial art guy. Right. He was like he was like the 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 great American lazy hope. He was know? like the uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan. Basically. Oh god. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have a Kimbo slice versus Tank Abbott. That has to be terrible. But it's uh, it's really funny how it grew on me. Kimba won that actually. And I and then I went to a fight in Miami. We were shooting a man show in Miami, and Joe was like, "Come over and watch the fight." And it was the the guy who was really tough that wouldn't get knocked out. The, the little oh fuck, some little kid, a little Hawaiian guy or something that just wouldn't get knocked out. Not BJ. And there was no, and there was nobody there in Miami. Hawaiian guy. At this UFC, Shaq was dead by himself. <laughs> Like there was nobody there. Like nobody was oh, maybe, there. Maybe I fought because that was my first fight in Miami, UFC forty two, and uh, at the American Airlines Arena where the Heat play. Two thousand five, maybe. 
three, something like three. that. Yeah. yeah, that could that could be two thousand three, the Man Show. Yeah, it could be With Rogan and those guys. Yeah. that was yeah. it. Attendance was real sparse, and oh, there was, there was a free concert. There was a concert that was like at the time that was like like five real popular '90s bands, you know, like Seven Mary Three, Third Eye Blind, all that. Yeah, and, they, and they're like doing a free concert right next to the <laughs> right next to the uh, to the stadium there, and or the arena or whatever. And yeah, our, our attendance was maybe like right around eight thousand, like half capacity. So, and what was the first thing? What was your first? Uh, whatever the fuck they call it. You know, they have a fancy name for it. Did you study Muay Thai at first? Well, you I were a high school wrestler? No, I start, so I started in uh, my traditional karate. Right. I was doing uh, Okinawa Shorinru karate. Right. I got a second degree black belt in that. But about, I'll tell you what happened, man. About three years into my training, my, my instructor, his son, had come home from the Marine Corps. And about the same time, um, you know, I, I saw the first couple UFCs and I thought, like, I was just doing this, like, because I wasn't a big kid, you know. I'm like, if I ever get in a fight, man, I better learn how to handle myself a little bit. So there was a, a jiu-jitsu school down the street. And after I saw the first two UFCs, I'm like, you know what, I better start learning how to fight on the ground. And then one day my instructor's son come home from the Marine Corps, and he had been doing Muay Thai. And so, you know, I'm, he's, you want to spar? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's spar, you know. And so I'm out there, and I'm doing this whole, you know, karate <laughs> stance, like cat stance, you know. And uh, he, all of a sudden, he just drops a shin kick on my thigh. Boom! Never never felt anything like that before. And I'm like, <laughs> I like folded. We continue sparring. I looked at him and I was like, man, you got to show me how to do these kicks, man. Like, I've never seen it. So then he started explaining what Muay Thai was. And, uh, you know, I started doing that and everything. And it just it just really just started branching out and evolving from there. Hey, you, you guys brought up throwing stars. Does does anybody teach that shit at all? Or is that just in the movies and no, shit? No, you just watch movies and you're <laughs> right. fine. I watch, listen, I watched American Ninja 1, 2, 3, and 4. Right. And so I'm pretty sure that's like a PhD in Ninja Throwing right. Stars. Right, absolutely. What about The Last Dragon? You guys ever seen that one? Absolutely. <laughs> I saw that in Bruce a black Leroy. movie theater. There you go. In Harlem. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was, I, I'm going to walk out of this. It was awesome, man. Well, that was I, a it great was movie, phenomenal. Man. Phenomenal. They should redo that movie. Phenomenal. Man. No, no. Leave it <laughs> yeah, they should. Leave it in fact, <laughs> my first night ever at the comedy store, I walked in, I saw Eddie Griffin, Don Barris, but the guy in the audience was Ty Pock. Ty Pock the, the, was there with yeah. Eddie Griffin, the, the, the dude. Vanity was in that movie. Yeah, she yeah. was terrible. The Shogun of Harlem. Show enough. Show enough. Who's the baddest, <laughs> who's the baddest mofo low down around this town? I mean, that was just, and it's it's a great spoof. Fucking Shogun. I saw that in a black movie. That was my black movie through the days. Yeah, you when go a lot. Come on, 84? Which one? Shogun of Harlem, 84, 85. No, it was uh, Last Dragon. Last Dragon. Last, Last Dragon. Dragon. I'm sorry, Shogun of Harlem. <laughs> 85. Told you. From 84 to 85, I worked in New York City, but I didn't go to work till 5. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm an early riser. So I would go into the city at 12, get a nickel bag at 181st. Beautiful. Roll it, smoke it, go to the Cuban place. And then there's a movie theater. You're the last theater. dragon. Come on, dog. There's a movie theater right there at 181st Street. It was like three movies for fucking 50 cents. Black people yelling and screaming. <laughs> the best movie I ever saw in there was Rambo. When he comes out of the weeds, when he comes out of the mud, when his eyeballs yeah. Oh, Black shit. people went fucking bananas. <laughs> Till this day, I was so happy I was there. 
I would, yeah, yeah. My man just did not do that. My man just did not do that. My man just did not do that. You know, that was before like people were throwing N-words around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still great. It was a beautiful life. And I remember I was sitting in the back, I was stoned for the week, and I walk in and Rambo puts his hand around the guy and he stabs him and he opens his eyes in the mud. They went, th- I never saw nothing like that. And you know, it's amazing that I've talked about this before. Black people, the ghetto they are, they like one white person, and it's the goofiest guy. Like Marilyn Martinez had a ghetto husband from Compton. Uh huh. Ghetto with dreads and shit. Like fuck that white motherfucker. Except Adam Sandler was his guy. <laughs> when I did the Longest Yard, his wife called me. And she's like, "Listen, David wants to be an extra in the movie." I'm like, "Marilyn, what are you talking about? It's a fucking football. What's wrong with Dave?" She's like, "Joey, I don't know if you know this." He loves Adam Sandler. I go, I, I put him on. I go, Dave, what up? What up, dog? You like Adam Sandler, dog? That's my motherfucker, dog. Fuck Eddie Murphy. They love Adam Fuck Sandler. Fuck Eddie Murphy. They love him. They They're love like him. baby talk. I brought him on this set as my probation officer. I made him shake, comb his hair. I go, take the dreads out, and I'll bring you on the set. And I brought him on the set as my probation officer and introduced him to Burt Reynolds. And Burt Reynolds and him talked for four fucking hours. Till this day, well, he's dead now. He would always tell me, you're my motherfucker for doing that, dog. So every time I see like a real hard-looking gangster, he has he's a, at home he laughing at like secret. Happy Gilmore. He likes the Beatles. <laughs> they, got, they got some fucking freaky they thing. They can't help. They can't they help They can't it. help it. Like, I, I met a black dude that was ghetto, and he was telling me about the Spashing Pumpkins one time. Really? And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. I was listening to N.W.A. in your car. Yeah. And you're talking about how the Smashing right. Pumpkins rock. So, bro, different strokes. Are different. Next time you see a ghetto black yeah. dude, go up to him and go, what, like, is, what is You it? like Three's Company? Like Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your secret. Man, that's my motherfucking show. <laughs> Carol is my bitch. <laughs> Way before that dude from Atlanta started dressing up like a woman. <laughs> What's the story, Rich Franklin? Look at you. You all right tonight? I'm good, man. Good. I'm happy you I'm fucking good. came out tonight. I'm having a good time. No, this is what, listen, this is, this is a conversation. This is what people want to hear. This is just a conversation. There's no drama. There's no, <clears throat> so in 1984, when you took that punch to the stomach, <laughs> who wants to hear that fucking frame? It's just, did you or did you not see The Last Dragon? That's, That's all there is to it. The fucking land. That's a real martial art. Something, now, you still training? I am. Jiu-Jitsu oh. too? Oh, yeah. Where do you go around here? I, you know what? I haven't found I haven't found a good like a, a bounced to a couple places. I went to uh, uh, George Oliveira's place in Hollywood BJJ there. Okay. Liked it. Um, went there a couple times. Uh, been to uh, Hegan Machado's place. That's where I go. Yeah. That's like I go. yeah. You, love Hegan. Good dude. Yeah, good dude. I like it a lot. Um, you know, I've been to a couple other places. I've been to Justin's place, Fortunes Boxing. Really? Yeah. And I like I liked it up there. It's just you know, man, I, the the. Part of the problem is with Hollywood here is it when or LA when you are in this area, if you want to go get a boxing workout in, it's your whole day. By the time you drive there, find parking, you know, screw around with all this stuff, get your workout in, and then drive back. Like you're gonna get caught in traffic both ways or whatever. It's just, it's a pain, man. So it's like you know, I'm, I'm out here doing other things too, and rather than training six days a week twice a day it's like if I'm gonna do that I might as well just stay at the gym all day long so um, so yeah but I'll spend some uh, you know I, I spend a lot of time just general fitness stuff too I like going down to the uh, little workout area on Santa Monica by the pier where the bars and stuff are have you guys ever been down there the I don't rings think so and the, no. oh my god dude they have like these 
Yeah, it's Mil- Muscle Milton. Beach on Venice, right? Oh, Venice well, Beach? No, it's not Venice. It's not Muscle Beach, but okay. it's right by the pier. They have like climbing rope, like a military style climbing rope. They have this like metal apparatus and stuff that you, you climb up, and they have like rings, like gymnast rings. And I mean, you guys go down there on a weekend, and you will see some wicked stuff. Like, you live down there? I don't live. There. I, I live. I, live uh, in the, I have an apartment in the uh, Westwood Century City area. So. It's funny because uh, I've been. I, I started jujitsu up here, but I went to a Hegan seminar, and he had. Me. Yeah, and he kept calling me, going, "Are you gonna come by?" And I'm like, "Fuck Beverly Hills! I don't want to fucking drive from the Valley of Beverly Hills." It's a drive, man. He fucking kept calling me. Yeah. Where are you? (laughs) I wait. I wait for my best friend Joey Diaz. I wait. Ha ha. Where are you? (laughs) And the fucking day I walked in, I walked in at ten to eleven. He goes, "Look at your phone. I was just calling you." That's and I had to go. And you know what? I'm hooked. He's a good dude, too, I, man. I, man, he cracks me up. He's a big dude. He teaches me big guy moves. No breathing, no flying through the air. <laughs> you know, he just has... You're not doing flying arm bars or anything? No! No! <laughs> He's taught me some shit that he cuts to drama. Yeah. Like everybody else... You know, listen, and I realize, I go, when you go to, when you go to Cabrinha, he's 145 yeah. pounds. Cabrinha's going to teach you Cabrinha stuff, who I love. I love Cabrinha. He's a style is bad motherfucker, Cabrinha. But then, you know... If you go to uh, Regan, he's going to teach you those moves. And he kept bugging me. I have exercises for you, my friend. Yeah. So Tuesday, I have knee surgery, just meniscus. They're going to oh, fuck up the arthritis. Yeah. But I'll be back in three weeks. I'll be yeah, over at Hegan. No, meniscus isn't bad. I've had that no, before. no, it's great. But I love him. Uh, Justin is one of, I feel, one of the best guys in Hollywood. Yeah, he's like a to, solid dude, man. Like, to me, like, as a friend, like, I, I go there... I call him once a week. I go there once a week. Like I was there the other day at six thirty in the morning. Yeah, six thirty. I don't work out. I just go sit with him, talk with him. I play with the fucking dogs if they're there. I've known Justin for six or seven years. Yeah. And I think I've seen him throw people out of that gym. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. What does he thing. do? He fucking goes off, dog. Yeah. Well, then get the fuck out. And and I like that approach of people because in this town, nobody says things to you because. Mm-hmm. It feels that it might come back to hurt them later. Like you right. won't, you won't do you shoot your movie there or whatever. Some people in this town speak their mind. That's why. Have you met McAfee? No. That's the dude. Who's, who's the that? old dude that's always there. The six foot six guy that looks like a fucking. He's sixty years old. Black guy. White guy. That guy shadow boxes thirty minutes every day. I'll call uh, him once a week too. Next time you go, if you watch Friday Night Fights, when uh, Mike Tyson's old trainer, what's his name? My the the guy he went to after his trainer died, he he hosts he does like commentating for Friday yeah, Night no, Fights no, on yeah. ESPN. Cool dude, real got great stories about. Yeah, remember I quit watching boxing because I started doing MMA. I know, I know <laughs> but you still got a white. You got to go back to the yeah, fundamentals. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I have a you great know, boxing coach. Do you now? Yeah, a guy out of Cincinnati, really. Good. Okay. Yeah. You know it's amazing how uh, when when people look at techniques. And different techniques, like when, when, when GSP started utilizing the jab, you know, something as simple as the jab. Yeah. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to go train with Kenny Roach all of a sudden, but it's not Freddie Roach, I'm sorry. It's not Freddie. It's been there for years. Yeah. The jab has been there for years. Like the sidekick, it's been there for years. Yeah. And the sidekick is a tremendous fucking weapon. You could do a thousand things with it, you know? But it's uh, like when Machida came in, people couldn't believe how the karate thing. I saw it right from the, I saw it. I'm yeah. like, that, that's a point fighter. And that motherfucker's a point fighter because they used to drive me crazy when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. They come in, boom, or they fake, go back, come in, they trick you. Avoid you know, damage. Yeah, they avoid the whole thing. But it's amazing how you just said that when you went to the Muay Thai, you kicked that fucking cat leg. 
Yeah. You kicked that cat like you had no weight on it. It's still fucking, oh my God. <laughs> you guys ever been kicked in the thigh? No, I, I did Taekwondo for a little bit and I wrestled in high school, but kick I was always. The, kick him in the thigh, though. We, we, no, I'm all set. You good? You sure? Oh, no, I'm way too hard for that. I'll just. We, we won't, I won't just even. Like I just, a, I'll just drop it. Just just a little bit of it. All right. No, <laughs> trust me, you don't. I haven't. Know. If yeah. you could give me the thighsman. Yeah, the th- no, yeah. Before we leave. It's bad. It's bad. And you'd be walking funny for a day or two. Oh, my God. Sure. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? 39. You still got two fights in, in front of you. <laughs> You can still I, I, two I, more. I feel I feel good enough that I could probably do more than that. Of course, I say that now when I'm not in the middle of fight camp. Put me six weeks in the middle of fight camp, and I'm like, oh my god. Uh. And but, so, explain fight camp to me. Like before every fight, you well, see, here's a you got there are two types of fighters, man. Yeah, so the fighters that fight, and then when they're done fighting, they just walk out of the gym right. and they, they don't show back up for another couple months. Those are t- usually the guys that, that are 40 pounds over their fight weight out of season. Right. You see somebody like, whoa, that guy fights at 205. They're like De Niro. Yeah. They're like, it's up and down. So you got those guys, and you got guys like me who never quit working. Like, right. I'm, I'm always training, keeping myself Which is really the way to do it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle to me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super healthy with the way I eat. I'm very holistic with my nutrition. You know, I keep... Like I keep myself in line with God spiritually and right. all that kind of stuff. Like I'm re- it really is truly a lifestyle, man. And and you know I'm, I'm never partied too hard. You know I, I work hard and I play hard, but my play is a different kind of play. I'm an I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie for right. sure by nature. But but I, I just I don't let myself stray too far off of that uh, that path. And um, but you what you end up doing is you end up really really clamping things down. Uh, and it depends. Like for me, um, I, since I don't ever let myself fall out of shape. I'm usually about an eight or nine week camp. There are guys that because they're so far out of shape, they spend like three weeks getting into shape. So it's like you're prepping for your prep. You know right. what I mean? But uh but then you spend eight weeks like basically preparing for a specific opponent. Right. You know, and typically like say you call it an eight week camp, like the first two weeks of that camp might be just general, you know, like your coach is looking at the game. For me, my coaches look at the game plan. You'll have kind of a broad like sense, like we're gonna work some wrestling one day and some this and this. We're gonna integrate like, these days. And then after you get past that two-week period, then everything starts, like, getting very specific. Right. We're not just working wrestling. We're working these specific wrestling drills, and you start honing in on things. And, you know, it just depends on the phase that you're in with camp and all that stuff. But, you know, I mean, for eight weeks, you basically, like, you wake up, and that guy's the first person on your mind. You're eating meals. That guy's the per- person on your mind. You're training. That guy's the guy you're thinking about the whole time. You go to bed. You're thinking about him as you're falling asleep. Right. Dreaming about him. Not in a weird way. Sure. You know. Not in some tight belly Tudo shorts. In a God spiritual way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I believe that you would that you would stay in shape year round. I mean, that, yeah. that'd be the easiest way, and then you prepare for each opponent as he came. I mean, here's my philosophy from what I've seen. I mean, you're 39. I still think you got two good fights. And, you know, you're still in great yeah. shape and stuff. But it's so weird how there's a big difference between 38 and 40. Dude, let me tell you, it's man. fucking amazing. You know, I, I I really started telling the difference. I could tell the difference like the year I turned 35. Um, that that was about the time that, and I can go in the gym. Like I go in the gym and I'll train like I'm 20. I'll outwork 20 year old kids all day long. You know, and it's 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 great being uh be, being seasoned. You know, when you have that experience, you know, because then you just like you just you know you know the game. Like you make up with you know with with what you lack in conditioning because you're out of shape or youth or whatever you want to call it for knowledge. And uh, I can train like I'm 20, though. I mean, I go in and you see me training. You're like, God, oh, man, that guy's a machine. But, like, you know, I was 
when I was 20 years old, I would train for two hours and then I would go help my buddy move a couch right. and then I would come back to the gym and train for another <laughs> yeah. two hours. Now, man, I'm like, I train for two hours and when I push the way that I push, I go home, man, I'm sleeping for, for an hour right. and just because if I don't, it's like, it's like plugging my cell phone back in, you know, you got You got to recharge that battery and if I don't yeah. do that, I'm shot for the next workout. Like I'm sunk. I went to Higgins and I had to take a nap afterward. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I got home, I made a protein shake. I went on the computer, I just wasn't feeling good. Yeah. You get that point where something wasn't right. Like my yeah. ears were ringing. I'm like, <laughs> that was a little fucked up today. I forget I'm 51. I should have done those last three things and shit. And I was like, fuck it. I just got up, took my t shirt off. I'd already showered and everything. I was like, I gotta take a nap for an hour. And I was exactly, I just slept an hour and I got right back up. Like, it's tough, man. What, it's, is, what is your sleep schedule, Joey? Because you're up early as shit. I, I got sick, so I, I started respecting my sleep schedule because that's the last thing you look at. You know, and it's it's one of the most important. It's, it's the most important. It's it's the fucking whole patois. It just keeps everything fresh, your mind. And, you know, I could go four hours and rock and roll. Right. We do this at eight in the morning. We were doing this six at six. For two, for a year and a half. Yeah, well, we do, do this at six. If you in the do morning. this at six in the morning. Your chance to get me on. No, I guess, is pretty <laughs> no, no, no. You know, the, the people think like when you're an athlete, they, like they've seen Rocky. I actually talked about this, and, and sometimes when I do like motivational talks and stuff, you know, Rocky breaking, like waking up before before the sun comes up, you know, cracking three eggs, drinking them out of the glass, walks outside, you can see his breath in the air. I'm like, man, I don't do that. Like, sleep is paramount to me. Right. I don't set an. I, I almost never wake up to an alarm. Oh, okay. Never. I, you, uh, just, you just get what you need and yeah, that's that. Yeah. I, Makes I, sense. I, I typically, I mean, I, I have a, like a window that I go to bed, but here's a problem. Like um, last, like the last couple nights, and I'm, I'm getting ready to go overseas, so I'm trying to kind of uh, adjust my sleep schedule a little, little bit, but I'm that guy that, um, I mean, if I go to bed at 9 o'clock at night, I'll wake up in the morning at like 5, and I'm like, man, it's too early to get out of bed, so I won't get up. Right. But, but if I go to bed at 3 in the morning, I'll, I'll, I'll still wake up at like, my set time is like about 7.30 or 8.00. So no matter what time I go to bed, I won't get out of bed till about seven thirty in the morning. Right. So I, you know, I'm typically like, like I, I'm, I'm usually in bed like around midnight every That's night. That's where so. the math comes in. Seven, figure eight. out when to go to bed. Listen, trust me, man. I uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I listen. I, I sleep. I, I pay attention to my like my circadian rhythms and you know yeah. sleep in ninety minute increments and all this kind of stuff and yeah, I don't go so far as like lining my bed to the north and making right. sure. I'm, which, you know, I'm not set against or anything like that. Every little bit helps or whatever. Sure. But, you know, some people, they, they make sure their bed is facing north-south so they're lined up with the magnetic poles. And right. Some crazy, crazy stuff out yeah. there. Yeah. I always wonder, do you, like, do fighters sleep the night before the fight? Like, I like I get excited for, like, an early morning flight and I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. How, like, how, how do you sleep flight like a, or week, fight. a you know, week before that? Well, I'll tell you, that's the, it really, it doesn't, like, the, that excitement doesn't really hit me until I arrive. Like, when I land in Vegas and I'm checking in, that's when that's when things get real. Then you're like, I'm here to fight. Why don't you put that car down for incidentals, baby? <laughs> Shit starts getting yeah. crazy. But uh, but no, it's like the most important night of sleep for me is uh, not the night before the fight, but the night before the night before the fight. So the weigh-ins? Yeah. Because, I mean, listen, you ever go to bed, you have a really bad night of sleep, you wake up the next day, you're fine. And then all of a sudden, you, you can go to bed that night, get a good night of sleep, you wake up the next day and you're dragging ass. And you're yeah. Like, what the heck happened to me? Is because your your like your body can run off adrenaline just fine, um, but you know it, it's gonna dump eventually. And so I, it's like the night before the fight. It's that's not the. I mean, it's important, but it, the it's most important is the night before that. That's what keeps me performing at optimum levels. I, I just 
you know, when I was 25 and shit, I didn't believe in sleep. Really? Three, four, five hours. You don't know. I didn't know. Yeah. The fuck did I know, you know? And then I have this thing I like to get up just to see what the hell's going on. Yeah. You got to get up. You got to get up and pee, see what the fuck's going on. Sometimes I stay up, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I pray that I go back to sleep. Yeah. Last yeah. night I went to bed at 11.30, 12, and at 2, my eyes were wide fucking awake. <laughs> yeah. I was playing with the fucking cat, and I'm like, no. I got to get some sleep because I'll stay up till 5. I dig that shit. Yeah, yeah, me too. I dig that shit. That's why if I'm home Monday night, there's no comedy on Monday night, really, you know? Fuck it. I'll take a 10 o'clock nap time. 9.30. I'll take a 9 o'clock. I'll eat a pot cookie. <laughs> I'll go to bed at fucking 9 o'clock. If I wake up at 5, I got a good 8. Sure. Yeah, My no. wife wakes up at 7. I got two hours of fucking writing, listening to music. I could read the newspaper. You know, I could read. I could write. I could write a few jokes. You start your day off on the right fucking foot, you know. You pick out theme songs for the day too, oh, don't yeah. you? I pick out three songs a day to get me started while I'm washing my monkey and getting prepared. <laughs> the other day I woke up and I was thinking of going to Cabrini's at seven AM and I'm like, Jujitsu at seven AM? <laughs> wow. That just doesn't fucking translate for me. But no. it's nice to do it one time. One time. <laughs> one time. Just to say that you went there at seven AM. I used to Yeah, the problem is you show up at a place like Cabrini's or, or Higgins at 7 in the morning, you know, then they're calling you every day like, hey, brother, <laughs> show up at 7 a.m. class tomorrow. And you're like, no, that was a one-time thing. They call you every day. You know, when it comes to that shit, I like doing it and getting out of the way. Yeah, no, but I, like, I don't even show up at 7 a.m. class because no. I almost set that precedent. It's like, no, no, oh, this no. is a guy who likes to train at 7 a.m. But they have a 7, you know who else has a 7 a.m. Uh, class up here? And I drove past it one time. There were 16 motherfuckers rolling. I pulled over and counted. You know oh, what I mean? Bet. I'm an econ <laughs> major. Alfred, Alfred, Alberto Crane. Oh, really? Right down the corner. That's where yeah. Kenny Florian goes. Yeah. So fucking Alberto Crane's got a 7 a.m. class. Go over there. It's a bunch of people who work 10 hours who go to fucking jujitsu first. You got to look at those guys and go, what the fuck are you thinking? The reason why I don't go, let me tell you why I don't go to 7 a.m., because a lot of people go in there without taking showers. They got that <laughs> coffee breath. They hit you rolling with something. They hit you with that bad breath in the morning. I will lose my mind. To, <laughs> That's their to, secret to victory, I used man. to go to 10 a.m. kickboxing classes. And there'd be some stinky motherfuckers in there from the night before. And I get pissed off. I can't tolerate that shit. So <laughs> you gotta, I, go to, I, I take a shower before I go to jiu-jitsu. Even if I fucking took a shower already. Just really? to make sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> I respect other people. You got to, you know, I I want to smell like Irish Spring while you're choking me. You know what I'm saying? I want you to. Sp if you smell the Irish Spring on my neck while you're choking me, you may have mercy on my fucking soul. You know what I'm saying? When was the last time you fought, Rich? Uh, 2012. How does it feel? It, you, I'll tell you. It's I, honestly, man. I like. I feel better now than than I felt in the last ten years of my life. You broke your hand the last fight? No, not the last fight. I broke my arm the fight before that, though. Liddell. Yeah, he okay. kicked me. I remember you broke your hand. Who was the last fight? Kong. I got knocked out. Kong Lee? Yeah. I don't remember this shit. So. Yeah, me, me neither. No. no <laughs> Seriously, what is that like? Do you remember leading up to that? or is What, getting knocked out? Yeah. Yeah. Every, every, every fight's different, but, um, you know, I mean, I've had fights where I've won, and I've got, I got a couple uh, fight before fight before Fung, uh, Kong, I fought um, Vanderlei, Silva, and Vanderlei dropped me in the second round, and... You know, I don't, like legitimately, I don't remember like the, the right, remainder of that round, the third round, or the fourth round. Right. And that had happened to me in a fight before. Uh, and I'm sitting in the corner between fourth and fifth round. I'm just sitting there, like and my coaches. They start. They're talking. And when you, the best way I can describe it is when you get dropped 
and your coaches are talking, like when it first happens, you hear this like whistle, like like a hum in your head. Yeah. But then when you like sit down in the corner, like the best way, it's like want 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 like the adults from the Peanuts. Yeah, yeah, teams, yeah. Right? But then I just remember sitting there between the fourth and fifth round, and all of a sudden, like, things started coming, too. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm back. Nice. Right, you know, like, it was one yeah. of those deals. But then I went home, and I watched myself fighting. And I'm like, man, when I, I fight better when I'm on autopilot. Right. Yes. You know? You're not yes. thinking. You're not thinking. Yes. Yeah, you You're know? not like, thinking. You're, You're just reflex. so crazy, man. That man. is awesome. Like, yeah, it makes you feel bad, though. You're like, well, damn. Maybe I need to get clocked in the head, too. Yeah. To get it going. It's but, but now, you know, like, um, most of the time when you get dropped like that, like, it's... I remember being in the fight. I remember being in that fight and really getting in, into my rhythm and just, like, doing my thing. You know, I landed a couple punches, and then he threw a kick to my midsection. And I remember kind of, like, trying to, you know, parry the kick, and it caught me a little bit, and I was, like, irritated. Like, irritated yeah. with myself. Like, really? You just let that happen to right. me? And then kind of I was, like, setting in, and, and then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm in my locker room. I'm like, what the hell, man? Right. You know, one of those deals. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's like... But you know, then you got to go back and watch everything to see what happened, which yeah. stinks because you're like, oh, timber. Do you ever take a fight on really uh, like someone? Something changed at really short notice. Like they just signed that Bellator guy, mm-hmm. and they they switched to fight. Like they just took a guy out like a month before. That like how because like, we were talking about the fight camps. Like how crazy is that? Like the two weeks before I have a new Listen, opponent. You, you know what? You you didn't like. Think about it, boxing. Like you didn't see that crap growing up in boxing. You see boxing matches that don't happen over a half a pound. Like, oh no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight him at 144. I'll fight him at 143 and a half. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not cutting to 143 and a half. It's like these guys in in MMA, man. I'm like, I'll fight 205. I'll fight 185. I'll fight one. I'll fight a catch weight. Where do you guys want me? It's so crazy, but it, it really is difficult, man. Last minute to have like your fight change because you're so opponent specific. That you've you, you know it's like your your developed habit like you've de- really honed in on this habit like I'm going to defend the shot this way I'm going to throw a punch this way I'm going to set up with this fake or whatever your complete game plan changes like it's 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 terrible so actually um, I was training for Kung and I was on the other side of the world I was training in Singapore and I was training specifically with guys who were stylistically like him and then. Um, Vitor got hurt, and that's how I ended up fighting Vanderlei. But that switch, and I was like, gonna fight in the states, and suddenly it's like, oh well, you're not fighting in the states. We need you to fight in Brazil, and it's two weeks earlier instead of you know. It was like all this stuff. Like we need you to fight two weeks earlier in a different in a different country. You're on the other side of the world. I had like get my butt back home, get my time zones realigned, and it was it was crazy, man. Like that that stuff happens. I can't imagine, dude. That's uh, it's uh, I, I no matter even when I was ten. And I love sports. I love sports to a degree, you know. And then MMA came along, or the UFC came along. Because for a long time, I wouldn't even watch Strike Force because it felt like I was cheating on the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> I was such a fan of the UFC and that my ties were the UFC that I wouldn't even watch it. And it's so weird how I've always, once I started watching the UFC, I became a better comedian. Really? Yeah. Because I started, I, I watched them, and I com- I started comparing comedy to mixed martial arts. I've, I've heard it compared to a boxing match In the recently. sense of, like, uh, like my writing was jujitsu, fighting on my back, and, and my performance was striking, and, and, and I had breathing involved, and pauses when you rant. You know, with jujitsu, sometimes you play possum, then I gotta go for your leg and try to tie you up. You yeah. know, so there was all these things. And then I would watch, 
I, I gotta say it. I would watch like Joe Daddy Stevenson, who I was mm-hmm. a fan of from The Ultimate Fight. I like Joe, man. I love went Joe. to Japan with Joe. Uh, he, he went he went over to uh, Okinawa in Japan with me to visit the troops one year. You know, Joe's a good guy. I think he's 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 teaching somewhere. He's got a school or something yeah, now. Yeah. Great guy, but he didn't evolve. Every yeah. fight, he didn't evolve, and it's like Showtime when I'm strolling to tonight. When I get home tonight, I'm not gonna be able to go to sleep. After I watch, uh, after I do comedy, so I'll go home and go, and, and somebody that I just know as an acquaintance is on Showtime doing a thirty-minute thing. I'm cheering for him, right? But when I see him do a joke he did at the Laugh Factory six months ago, I turn it off. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I'm fucking done. You know, it was like watching Tito at the end. I'm a fan of Tito. How many more times are you gonna go for that fucking takedown? You're a mile away. I'm a fat forty-year-old, and I'm you're a fucking mile away. Why do you keep going for that fucking takedown? It ain't working for you. Yeah. It didn't work the last three fights. That's so. I would say if that joke don't work, get the fuck rid of it. Right. It didn't work the last fucking weekend. Instead of me beating it for, you know, how many times are you gonna throw that fucking spinning, which I can't stand, that spinning back fist. Yeah. Why? Why are you wasting your fucking time? Why? You're killing me. Stick to the fucking jab, all right? Everybody wants to fly through the fucking air. It would drive me crazy. After, after uh, Showtime, did the, uh, you saw the kick off the cage, right? That I didn't mind. Yeah. That was but after, after he did that, everybody was like, oh, I got to do that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, well, it's the same thing that happened with... Uh, what's his name with the with the jab? Then people saw the effectiveness yeah. of the jab. Well, Anderson threw the front kick at Vitor. Everybody's throwing a fucking front kick now. Something that you and I, that was our main weapon. We yep. were growing up. That little snap kick was beautiful. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, we forgot about it. All of a sudden, everybody forgot about it. You know, and when I first lost, I was 418 pounds. And when I first lost the weight, I had heard about these two brothers in Denver that were fucking nuts, these black dudes. And then somebody told me one time that they had opened up a school here now. And they taught not, uh, they didn't teach uh, Kajakempo, they taught the other one. So I started going down there, and I, and I was there for two years. I loved the place. It's just that they ran the school on black time. If the class supposed yeah, to start yeah, yeah. at 10, it starts at 10 to 11. I got, yeah, I got a 1 o'clock audition, you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here to do 10 to 11, 15. I got a 1 o'clock audition. You'd walk in there 10 to 11, like, and everybody's sitting there like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, no, what the fuck? But I loved it. But the point being that they uh, used to always talk to me about traditional martial arts, how they watched. They would sit there and watch UFCs. And nobody was doing traditional martial yeah. arts. I mean, this was way before Machida started. And they would keep selling it. How they wanted to train somebody to go in and pick motherfuckers apart with different. And all of a sudden, it was like he was talking into the universe. Yeah. They did the front kick, the jab. There was something else that they were doing that I saw him one time. He goes, did you see that guy? He used that push kick. That's old school martial arts. And, and I did, now everybody's doing little fucking things. But once somebody does it, Everybody else jumps on board. It works. Yeah, you know what? What you do in Muay Thai, you don't do. But that's you know that's a good thing though because that's like the exact opposite of what you're talking about with like Tito and stuff. You know, you have to evolve with the sport. You have to. Yeah. You have, and that's what, and it made me get better with comedy. Like, oh, I right. gotta work on my storytelling now. So yeah. now when I would get on stage, I would use my comedy as combinations instead of going three, you know, one, two, and a kick. I would go. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come out as a machine gun, then I'm gonna take a breather, do two rants, and then I'm gonna fucking close with a story to slow him down. So I, I started learning, you know? Right. So it was amazing how I, I, I 
competitive. Yeah, when did, when did this start? When did this kick in? What like year? A year after watching. When uh, do you think that was? Maybe 2006. Yeah. 2007. Right. I was now, I was like, fuck it. And, I, you know, when somebody would fight, I'd cheer for them. Right. I'd go to watch them and go, come on, Austin. They'd do the same move they did the last two fights. And I would sit there and my blood would fucking. <laughs> me. I would fucking You're about me. to step into the ring. Oh, I would really go up and go, stop doing that fucking thing, man. Stop it. Stop. Stop. You're irritating me. Well, you get really mad at the big guy. What's his name? Who? Uh, the white guy with the, 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 the. He's like a heavy guy and he does the jujitsu. He's a heavyweight. Fuck. What's his name? Gonzaga? No. Roy Nelson? Yeah, Roy Nelson. You always get mad at Roy Nelson. Do I? Yeah, you're always like <laughs> he always goes for the right for the right hand, and you don't know he's a black belt jujitsu. Oh, that's why I get pissed at him. Go fucking take him, <laughs> fuck. Dude, that's like what's up? Two eighty. That's it. They're done. <laughs> if you're a Brazilian black belt and you're two hundred eighty pounds, you're tapping motherfuckers without even attacking an arm. Because I could lay on Rich Franklin right now, and he'll push me around after two minutes. That's gonna be the toughest two minutes of his life, and I only got one white stripe. I'm three ten. Once I get on my tippy toes, Rich Franklin knows he don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck how many TRTs or milkshakes you ain't getting me off, bro. So if fucking he gets on you and puts that shoulder on you against your chin and you're on the floor, he could sit there for fucking three minutes. How long is a round? Five. Are you fucking kidding me? If he got you, pulled you down, and just put his shoulder into you, you ain't getting up. 265? Let's pretend, right? Heavyweight is 265. 265. Let's pretend he doesn't go to steak and shake the night before. Let's pretend he doesn't go home, listen to Leonard Skinner, and go to steak and shake right there on the strip. He's going to be tipping the scale at 273, 274. A black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu who knows how to use his leverage. And he, he can move. He can move. He can move. You ain't He's going He's got cardio. Nowhere. He's got cardio, so if I was him, I'd come out of the gate like a fucking man possessed. I'd take him, I'd bite somebody, and I'd fucking take him down, just lay on him and fucking crush him for three minutes. Look over at Joe Silver and wave. How you like that? <laughs> He'd be down there turning purple, and then it's all over. You're mesmerized. Even when you get up, I don't care how tough you are. Last week, somebody laid on me, and they, they fucked up my rib oh, yeah. with my own elbow, with my own fucking elbow. Yeah. And this guy was 180, but he's a fucking brown belt. He, he, know, knows, he knows how to... Yeah, it's a, you, you, Come on. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I, I walk around about 205, 210, and, uh, and, and I can make myself feel like I'm like 275. Please. My buddy John Evan from Cabrinha, he's 170 with, with a rock in his pocket. When he gets you in that side control, one day my eye popped open like this. The thing popped like this, and I couldn't stop blinking. Oh I had a tap from blinking because he fucked up my jaw. You understand me? Yeah. That's, it's amazing. That's why I get mad at Roy Nelson. I, but I love you, Roy. I'm fucking, you know. What do you think, though? You know, you know I don't fuck around. We, we got to get yeah, Rogan to put you in one of these fights, dude. No, You've inspired me to. I can't fucking do it. I can't. What, in, a, in a fist fight? I just, no, I just want to see. <laughs> Are you fucking The, the way you're talking about all this, I want to see it. No, he'd be a, I want to see it. It sounds so beautiful. Go crazy? Oh, no, I want to see you fight. I would, I would fucking go crazy if I was in somebody's corner because I can't take that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if I really like you. I don't want to see you get punched in the head. So I'm going to no, no. I'm going to yell and scream. I'm going to fucking say shit to you. I'm just going to keep fucking getting in your ear. You got to go in there and fucking kill this motherfucker. You're only just making people want to watch the show more. I'm telling you, though. I bring your mom. To, that's, that's, that's the best trainer. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody figured out in the UFC. Nobody brought their mom in that motherfucker. <laughs> to do what? Just mom. To the fight. Over. Just come to the fight. I can't do it. Listen, mom. Because your mom is the best trainer. Your mom can make you do shit nobody else can make you do. 
Sonny, you're on your back. Turn over, bite him. And all of a sudden, you get like that Rocky Power when he heard his retarded wife. What was her name? Adrian. Adrian. Remember when he heard Adrian when the hat fell off? Fucking that dude was a momo, but he heard her hat fall off. That's what made him snap. Remember somebody took a hat and he went fucking nuts? Same thing. If your mom's in the corner, you think about that. How bad would you feel? You don't, nobody wants to get beat up in front of that mom. Bro. No. You ain't getting your ass kicked in front. You're gonna get I this, did. <laughs> but she wasn't in your corner, though. No, but she my, was in the, the audience. Per, the first fight my mom ever went to uh, was uh, was my Anderson Silva fight, my title no, loss. In Columbus. No, the, uh, that one was in uh, Vegas at, oh. the, at the Mandalay Bay. Columbus was the rematch. No, C- Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was for the, uh, where they do the... Which was her over. second fight, by the way. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, she, she that was her first fight, and I just came out and... You know, I got my, I got, I think I got my nose broken. It went one direction, then it got rebroken and went the other direction. Did she lose her mind or what? Yeah, or, she was. You know, that, that, my, yeah, she's my mom. Uh, yeah, know? no, I know. I can't see how she wouldn't. Yeah, you know? so she's, but yeah, that was her first fight. I was like, hey, we don't have to do. Here's this. your introduction to MMA. Hope you enjoyed the matches. That's gotta be. That's like going to see us and bombing. Oh fuck! It's like inviting your I don't invite somewhere. family out anymore. I don't do that at all. Fucking no way! Because it could the, happen on any given Sunday. That's the kiss of death. Yeah, yeah. I'm not invite, trusting the me. last fight I went to, I don't know where it was. It wasn't Baltimore, and somebody was Orlando? fighting the undercard. Orlando. Somebody was fighting the undercard, and their whole family came. They made those T-shirts, <laughs> and this motherfucker got rocked. Yeah, like thirty seconds in, like just yeah. da, 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 da. prior to the fight, the cameras are all over the family. Yeah, the t-shirts the after the fight, they're like, "No, we'll just show it." Oh, and camera. the brother-in-law took the shit off. <laughs> I'm not with that guy. I'm not with that. I'm divorcing guy. this bitch. I'm mm-hmm. fucking out of this family. Let me give some shout-outs here. This is a fun fucking podcast. Hell yeah. Bro. Get some shout outs so get this How come Adrian stuff. wasn't retarded in Rocky 2 or Rocky 3? No, she was only she retarded money. in the they first one. They took it to the clinic. They okay. took it to the clinic. <laughs> they got a house. She talked to somebody. Yeah, but if you watch, uh, go from Rocky 3 to Rocky 4, even even uh, Rocky himself wasn't. He was good too. They were all yeah, smart after yeah, that, yeah. yeah. They, they beat little, the sense into him. They got a little money. Everybody was happy. You know, they were Republicans. <laughs> Let me drop it here. Mike Cavanaugh, I love you, cocksucker. Anthony Perello, thank you for listening. DC Smitty, Michael El Nino. Robert Woolridge and Jennifer LeBlanc. I like that fucking name. LeBlanc. It sounds like an expensive pen. Yeah, what are you gonna fucking do? You know what I'm saying? People gotta do what they gotta do. And that's it. It was a fun filled fucking yeah. night, man. I can't believe this shit. We got a full house tonight. This, this is a nice conversation podcast. Yeah, man. Tons of fun. And then we're Absolutely. in Brea? Yeah, we are in September. We're working in Brea? Yeah. Me and you? And yeah. See? Lee's, right. Lee's gonna be there, right? Sure. What are you doing all the way down in Brea? Comedy. You got a comedy club. Uh, the, this? You're doing the podcast? No, we oh. do stand up. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. We do the podcast. So you're moving the pro- podcast to Brea? No, no, we do the podcast live at the Ice House once a month. Gotcha. In fact, Herb Dean called me today to be on his show, and he's done the podcast a couple of times. I've had Herb at the live podcast. Yeah. Herb, Herb's a good dude, man. Herb's really a really like fucking good dude, people. man. I was talking to him one day on a plane about Kempo Karate, and he gave me his number. And I'm like, he's like, call me during the week, I'll take you to a Kempo player. I'm like, that's amazing. It's the sweetest guy in the world. That's the thing about the UFC that you meet a lot of nice guys. And I was fans of all you guys. Like, I just, I know the work that goes into it. I can't even fucking imagine. I can't imagine doing two hours of rolling, going home, having a kale shake. Because after two hours of rolling, (laughs) you got to kill. Listen, my shake today had spinach in it, too. Spinach, kale. 
Fuck the shake. After two hours of rolling, you need a steak. Yeah. <laughs> a good, thick steak with a baked potato, a salad, and that. Not these guys. They think that kale shake, Mike Dolce talks to you about peanuts, <laughs> and then you head to some other fucking place to box. Have, have you met Mike? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's an awesome Mike's guy. The fuck. Mike's awesome great. guy. Mike's fucking great, man. Yeah. But his recipes are fucked up. I like the chia seeds. I like the tuna with the avocado in it, but that other shit drives me crazy. I can't. Really? I'm not a veggie guy. Yeah. Hey, well, like he, but he's, he's a meat onions. eater. Yeah, his spaghetti is really good. His spaghetti is fucking. Have delicious. you tried his uh, his ice cream that he makes? No. Oh man, he would. So Mike and I did a bunch of uh, a bunch of military bases together. We were doing um some for Air Force Reserve, doing some uh, talking about nutrition and just stuff like that. You know, health and fitness. There have been a, a lot of people on that were failing PT tests. So Mike and I would go around talking a lot of bases together, and uh, he would give his recipe that he makes for ice cream, and he actually put spinach in his ice cream. And he's like, like, legit. He said, "Man, it's it's good, it's good stuff." I believe him, man. Like, you know, it's got some like dates in it and stuff like that, and he blends it up. Right. But, but yeah, some some and ice cream with some. I mean, it's not. It's no dairy. It's dairy free. But it's really cool. Mike recipe. knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Mike is very good. Uh, it's amazing the whole. You know, I grew up on boxing. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dan Cormier and John Jones went out of the press junket. And people were fucking, you know, I grew up in boxing, but that shit happened all the time. When I was growing up, those boxes, you know, Aguayo against Duran, those motherfuckers threw some chairs and shit yeah. like that, you know? It's not, it's been done before. I don't know why people, but it's amazing the whole different level, the mentality. When you boxed, you had two guys, you had the main guy, you ate, you did all this stuff. Now the technology, it's like on it, it's optimization. Like now, you know, uh, when you watch a martial artist or when you watch a UFC fighter, Every time they do one of those, uh, uh, whatever, you know, a preview to the fight, yeah. they're doing this, I'm like they're going in freezers now and getting frozen for three minutes. It's a technology, <laughs> you know? It's true. They go in there. You know, man, I, I, did, yeah. I did the cryo chamber, and uh, and I, honestly, I just, you, have you, you guys see these, uh, the ice bucket challenges? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I actually, everybody's dumping buckets. I sat down in a bucket of ice and put out a picture and said, here's my ice bucket challenge. And, um, but, you know, everybody, like, Honestly, man, sitting in a, a, an ice tub was to me way worse, meaning better, um, than the cryo, the little the cryo tubes. So I don't know. I've done the cryo tube a few times, but yeah. And, and what does that do for you? Uh, reduces inflammation. And, gotcha. You know, helps with like like acid buildup in the muscles and re- just recovery in gotcha. general. Yeah. A lot of people do it. I guess it shuts the blood away from the, the core. Yeah. Eddie Bravo does it twice a week, and he always does. I, it. I did. I, I was doing it three times a week for fifteen minutes, uh, and, and <laughs> dude, dude, and you you would sit in this ice. You would sit in this ice tub, and like if somebody would come by and just hit the water, like the water moves, and it's like you're already sitting in cold water. So it's like how how much worse can it be? Right. But I'm telling you, man, like once that water has motion in it, so my coach would just sit there and just like just stir his hands. Oh no! Oh man. 15 minutes of that stuff, it's brutal. And I do it three times a week after my three hardest workouts. Made a big difference, though. Big difference. So what's Ooh. the new title you have with this company? Uh, I'm, I'm a VP for them, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> you going to send us some hats? Hats? Hell yeah, I'll send you whatever, man. Now, you guys ever going to fight the States or just overseas? I, I think I think eventually their expansion plan will come to the States. Um they've talked about it and all that kind of stuff but uh, eventually they'll, they'll plan on being here but there's some time off of that for now you know they, they're they doing their first show in Dubai and I mean it, the, the, it's tricky for them because they're not just in one country like 
before the end of this year, they're doing show in uh, in they'll be Dubai, the Philippines, uh, in Manila, um, in Singapore, in Beijing. Uh, where else are we? I think we're, we're have one more show before the end of the year that I'm missing. But yeah, I mean, so they're they're like they're not in one country. So every you're going to a new country every time. It gets really really difficult concept. But it's a big leap to come all the way to the states too, you know. But we, I'll tell you what, though, we they they put on some some awesome shows, man. We just we just did a show in Taipei. Uh, ten bouts on it. All ten bouts were all finishes. Some you know nice nice quick knockouts. Some good entertaining long you know drawn out fight of the night type fights and uh, it was good stuff. But they use a they use a global rule set just like Pride did. Not exactly like Pride because you can't stomp to the head on the ground, but you can you can knee and kick <laughs> to the head on the ground. Oh my god! And I've seen I've seen some people get lit up, man. Sure, it's uh it's pretty crazy. And it's a, it's not an octagon. It's a ring like it's it's a, it's a circle. A circle. Yeah. Okay. It's great that you're doing great things, man. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing that last week I read somebody retired. Who retired last week? Uh, Krasinski. What's his name? Oh yeah. Because uh, he says he he his memory. memory and stuff like yeah. that. And I sit here across from you, and you're great. I mean. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, man. Great. This and that you you talk about that like all these fights and stuff like physically. I feel good enough, but I start. I think about my career, and, and you know, I've, I've been knocked out a couple times, you know. But even in fights that I've won, I've, I've been caught before, and there are flashes of rounds that that just have escaped me. And so, uh, you know, I, there's part of me that's that's kind of like, yeah, you know, you, you I've, I've, I've been hit in the head enough, you know, like uh, wait, yeah, but you're always like, ah, one more, you know. You wake up and I'm like, man, I feel like just you know, you're hungry, you yeah. Know, like that. The whole uh, Rocky Balboa movie when he's like, I think I got one more in the gas tank, you know, like you have that feeling all the time. So it's it's difficult because and I always tell people, you know, I'm, I'm at an age, I'm at an age where most men my age, they do stupid stuff like go get tattoos and date women half their age and stuff like that and, and buy a sports car that they can't afford. And but at this age, you're at an age where you have to accept like you can't do the job that you love doing. You know, people like my grandfather, like they work until their 70s or whatever at the same factory forever until somebody finally says, look, you're you're, you're too old to do the job that you've been doing. And they have to accept that at 70. But in my line of work, I have to accept that at, you know, in your late 30s, basically. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Because you still still have that desire sometimes. Yeah. So, so yeah. That's amazing. Hey, listen, at least you're still in the game. You know, you're still around it. One thing I've noticed, like uh, when when Christian, that's his name, Christian, mm-hmm. said that last week. I remember uh, thinking about it, and I got to be honest with you, you know, and I, I don't know who specifically. There's times I've gone to UFC fights and I've met fighters five years ago, and I could see something different. Oh, maybe, absolutely. Maybe a little slur, maybe a little something, you know. And uh, I'm sure you've seen it because you were around the game more. It's and gonna be. It'll be interesting to see what how this all develops. You know, twenty years from now, the difference is the difference between this and the NFL because the NFL is having a lot of problems with all these concussions and stuff like that. But the difference between this and the NFL is that you know, like when a fighter fights, they're they're on their own. You know, you're talking about this at the top of the show about hiring nutritionists and like I mean, I have a strength coach, a you know, strength conditioning coach, and who also helps me with my nutrition and and uh, a boxing coach and a kickboxing coach and a wrestling coach and a jiu-jitsu coach and a manager and you know i mean like you have all these people and so uh it's i go and like i I do my own thing between fights you know so it's not like there's this like standard thing like you go you play for the cincinnati Bengals or you play for the pittsburgh steelers like you're pretty much within the system of of medical the medical field it's going to be consistent everywhere you go um but 
Is there a union for fighters? I don't think no, though. There ain't dick. <laughs> it's like comics. We Again, it's like being a comic. It's like a comic. There's yeah. no insurance. There's no. There's nothing. You're on Jesus. your own, and you don't realize that too. You're on your own. Most yeah. people don't. You know when they're when they're spending money and jumping up and down, and people sucking your dick. <laughs> you don't think about going broke. You know, it's after the dust settles that somebody comes to you and they says, "Hey, you haven't had a fight in fucking uh, five years, and you're spending like you know." So it's it's got to be hard in a lot of different areas, but. It, remember when you used to just fight, dude? It's it's funny. Well, Wasn't I'll tell you what. That's the the nice thing about uh about not fighting right now is like I'll go into the gym and I just go into the gym to train for the enjoyment of just making myself better, not constantly being focused on this is my next opponent because I like you know what I learned like midway through my career even even as even as the the world champ like you know I want to be the best in the world I want to be the best in the world I want to be the best in the world but you really what you really need to focus on is being better than your next opponent. And that's it. Like you don't have to worry about being the best in the world. Like you, you come in with a specific game plan for a specific guy and you, your sole purpose should be, I need to be better than this guy. I need to be whoever it is. I need to be better than him. You don't have to worry about being better than anybody, but the next guy you're going to fight. So now that I'm, now that I'm just, you know, I train, I train for fun. I train for the enjoyment of getting better and not having to focus on the fight game. I can remember being that way when I was younger and then all of a sudden showing up at a fight where they stick a camera in your face and like, I need you on this queue right here. You're going to stand here for, we got 15 seconds. We're going to walk forward. I don't need you to walk too fast. Watch this court. I don't want you tripping over that in five, four and you know, and they're doing all these hand signs like speed up, slow down, and you're like, you're like, wow, I just what the heck just happened That's here? That's funny because all it's, you want to do is fight. Yeah, and you got all yeah. this shit going you know, on. And so now, and then, and and I went through that transition of all that when the, the UFC was a smaller show in the day, and uh, and so suddenly it's like you go from that to, uh, well, I need you to conduct this interview. I need, and then I need you to wake up at four in the morning on a week when I'm cutting weight, and because these people are in a different country and. You know, and then radio, yeah, morning radio, morning radio, yeah, We're doing you morning radio tours, you know, you promote morning radio when you do a movie, you have to same way they, they put you on these fucking call. You got to wake up at five in the morning, talk to a Spanish radio station, <laughs> and, and you got to tell them the same story and whatever. Oh, yeah, it's a fucking nightmare, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm happy it all worked out for you, Rich. You yeah. were one of the pioneers, you know. I mean, no matter what anybody says and shit, you guys were one of the pioneers. Of the sport to what it is now, so and, and you still look good. You're healthy. God bless you. I'm you a ble- I t- I'll tell you what, man. God's blessed me. Yeah, truly. Yeah, yeah. And worst case now, you could always teach fucking math again. <laughs> Fuck that nah, shit. Not happening, bitches. Not Did anyone not do their Rich homework? Rich Frank was making a comeback. <laughs> What's his name? He's teaching high school, fucking in DC. What's Who? his name? Who's the boss? Marion Barry. Tony Danson. Tony Got a job teaching in high school. Not because things are bad, because. Sometimes you want to go back to what you love. Yeah. Sometimes you hit an age and you're like, what the fuck? I never played the piano. Right. It's over. I'm going right. down the fucking guitar center tomorrow. And I'm hanging out with Chad I'm that guy every day, man. I've, yeah, got, I've got more hobbies than I got time. Oh, ah, please. Yeah. I like the Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, but with hobbies, yeah. All right, let me fucking do these sponsors here. Lee, you have a good time tonight? Yeah, that was crazy. Are we going out to the store? We're going out or are you going home? I don't know. I'll probably go home. How many diet points do you have left tonight? You <laughs> Not have, many. How many you got left? I've been following Lee on Twitter, man. Have you? What are you eating tonight, Lee? What are you eating tonight? I had a, 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 that Asian place over by uh, Burbank, the, the uh, Asian box. The right. Cuban the, like, Asian box. place? No, no it's no, right no, by no. the movie theater. It's like this little Asian Chipotle sort of thing. 
But they they were good, and I saved half of that because I knew I was gonna get high. So, because <laughs> I you, I knew you always do this to me, so I was like, I'm gonna have. I just show up and your eyeballs are red. I don't know what the fuck. Happened. Oh my god, he gave we we had some of these before the steak dinner, and he ordered the most delicious chocolate cake, and like it was, it lasted like three minutes in front of us because it was like two hours in the edible, and it was just it was crazy. We were both on diets. We said fuck it, it's all over. I'm getting knee surgery next week. I'm gonna get the chocolate. It's candy. amazing how you justify bad. Yeah, you know, we just said like oh, I'm getting knee surgery. Oh, you know what? It's Saturday anyway. I just, you know, I no. I messed up yesterday. Might as well just finish out the weekend and I'll start fresh again on I, Monday. My wife went out of town, so I knew I was gonna take him for a steak. So I went to North Hollywood Park. I got two thirty-five pound kettlebells, and I went in that motherfucking went nuts. Fuck the knee. I started doing farmer walks and kettlebell swings and cleans. I got back to that call. I was thinking about with that steak, and I sat there for an hour. <laughs> I sat there for an hour. Dog. I went home and made a protein shake, 300 calories, with no carbs. I went home and sat there with that chocolate fucking shake in my stomach. And when he came over to get me, it was all over. I, I attacked the steak, I got a chopped salad, and I got the fucking a little potato. That's it. It yeah. was easy. When the, but the cake was too big. I couldn't finish it. He couldn't no, finish no, it. No, we didn't finish we it. We split it. We couldn't finish it. It was too much. Oh, Lee, you had some? I had a little bit. Yeah, I had fucked his world up. But I can't do... How many calories you burn today? Tell Rich Franklin on the oh, treadmill. It, he walked from here to fucking it's all, it's the only, offices of your company. Just 800. It's 800 like four, calories. He like walked four miles. It's not bad. And I'm trying... Like, I've, I've never been in shape, so it's... When you were saying, like... It, you, when, no, no, no. When you were saying how you, how you go to sleep after a workout, like you take an hour nap, when I, I started working for the first time in my life, two like a little over two months ago, when he was on a podcast... I worked out for like 20 minutes and I slept for like 17 hours. <laughs> it was the craziest thing that had ever happened. But but now like it's two months in, I'm getting better at it. But it's, you're back. You're like a savage. No, but when you were saying, "Oh, I sleep for an hour," I went home and this is I I, I don't think I, I, oh, think I this, this is what you need to do yeah. when you can't sleep at night. Oh God, oh, work out. Yeah, yeah, 24. You know what? Hours. I actually have a question because Joey has he has been on me and I I'm trying to go earlier in the day to get like yeah. my metabolism started and everything. But the reason why I I like I kind of don't like earlier in the day is I feel like I don't have enough energy. Yeah. Like so, is it? That's why. Is it okay to work out later? Like yeah, it I, is. Here, yeah. listen. There are two things that speed up your metabolism. Oddly enough, there there are only two ways to speed up your metabolism. That's either working out or putting food in your system. Because you don't your, do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 that, that was the worst. You yeah. need to, you so need to eat right out of the gate. Right. I tell him to get up and drink water. Yeah. Uh, Dolce says but drink it, a glass of water. But Just but get even the still, going. You, but even still, water won't burn things. Like not. I mean, it's better than nothing. But you still like your. Oh no, I've been dog. Guy. He won't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Till two o'clock, he won't eat. I will ask him. Oh, that's what he tells me. I haven't eaten. No, no, I've been I've been better now. But he's since better I, since I've been that's on the worse diet. For you, so you got to get up in the morning. Yeah, man, your metabolism's flatlined. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then, yeah. and then your body goes in storage mode. And as soon as you eat something, it's like, oh, I, yeah, I it's can't, crazy. I can't burn this. We were talking about that last night. How how like if we're eating healthy, we'll have one. Meal and gain seven pounds. Yeah. It's like unbelievable yeah, how just grabs it. If you saw how much food I eat in a day, you'd be like, "What? <laughs> you don't eat at all?" No, no. I mean, I, I eat so much food. Yeah. I, I had I had a, my, my cousin one time. He was doing a uh, Biggest Losers contest at work, and uh, he calls me up and he's like, "Hey man, can you help me help me with this thing?" I'm like, "Dude, look, if I take time to do your nutrition, like, don't waste my time." He's like, "I'll do everything you tell me to." So I set up his nutritional plan, and I said, and I and, and I give it to him on a spreadsheet. I said, "All right, here's the deal." I said. You're, I said you're gonna give out. You're gonna look at this, and you'll be like, oh, "This seems like a decent amount of food." And I said you're gonna start eating tomorrow. You're gonna be about halfway through your day and think, "Should I be eating this much food?" And then you're about three quarters of the way through your day, and you're not gonna be hungry anymore, and you're not gonna be able to eat all the food, and you're gonna want to call me 
and say, Rich, you sure I should be eating this much food? At which point I'm going to say, yeah, eat everything on the list. And events unfolded exactly like that. But in like uh, in eight weeks, he lost uh, 48 pounds, 48 and a half pounds or something. Wow. And he was eating. Like, I mean, he's competing against guys that are just, like, starving themselves and stuff. And he's showing up with, like, more face. Like, you know, he's eating, like, rubbing it in, too. Like, he's like, gosh, man, I'm so full. I can't I can't finish all this quinoa in here, you know. Like, I, I really would like to give you some, but, you know, you're, you're over there starving yourself. And But he ended up winning the contest, you know. Nice. That's how, I mean, that's how nutrition is, man. If you're, if you're eating good food. You know, it's the, the you know you're not eating things that are like uh, you know like chips and cookies and stuff right. like that. I, I tweeted out one time. I said, try to like if you're the type of person that sits down and eats like because I'm I, dude I'm, I don't have a stopping mechanism. That's no. my problem. So I'm I'm either I'm either 100 miles an hour or zero. There is no in between for somebody like me. And so I like you know I'm the kind of guy where if you're like hey man just try this cookie I'm like no because there's a whole plate there and I'll eat every damn one of them. Right. So I'm that guy like when I open a pack of Oreos. It's at least a row, if not the entire pack. But I wouldn't like ever finish like midway through a row. Like, how are you gonna leave a row half uneaten? And, you know, <laughs> who does? Who eats half? rookie shit? Exactly. So if you're gonna do something, do it right. But um, but yeah. So um, that's that's my thing. But I, so I just don't touch that stuff. But I always I, I tweeted out one time. I said, if you like, if you're that kind of person, like try to match the, the grams of sugar that you just ate in your Oreos with apples. Cause like to eat a row of Oreos is easy for me. Like I can dust off a row of Oreos and then I'll be sitting there like I don't I don't know if I want to start the second row because I got to get through that second row too, you know. Right. And then so it's like if you eat a whole row of Oreos, it's like the equivalent of like say like six or seven apples, you know. Try to do that and then you get like two apples in, not and you're like, man, I can't, I can't eat anymore. I'm gonna get sick. Eating apples is hard. It's, but it's just crazy. <laughs> My point is, is that when you're eating nutrient dense food. Like that, and you, you you can grant you can match gram for gram, but you you can't do it because it's just you know because it's, it's healthy. Right. Get together, cocksucker. That's all you need to worry about. Eat your breakfast, Lee. We'll eat your no, breakfast. I mean, <laughs> then he got breakfast. Dude, he started you... eating breakfast, but he started eating microwave breakfast. <laughs> nah. Put in a fucking microwave. I had to talk about doing once. egg whites with spinach. No, you don't. Not once. Enjoy. You just don't eat one of those fucking things <laughs> once, okay? You were eating them for like three weeks, and I go, you can't microwave your fucking breakfast. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You gotta get the fucking the salads and the, the, the whole thing. Even yeah. I'm, I'm lazy, and I'll make a one egg. I'll fry no, Every day I have the same thing. What? I have egg whites, egg, and which actually aren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. They're but, fucking disgusting. Dude, they're, they're, they're bland. You put whatever on yeah. them. Well, yeah, no, yeah. But, so a couple spinach. You can put some Oreo cho- cookies you, you, on I mean, there. in theory, you could put chocolate sauce on egg whites. Yeah. It sounds disgusting, but I mean, there's, there's no taste to them. And I, I know this isn't the right way, like the perfect way to do it, but the, just since this is the first time I'm trying to diet, I'm just doing straight calorie counting. I know there's better ways, and, and you don't have to count some, but it's just it's easy for me to focus on. So it's it's just it's uh but it's I, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> Dude, listen, he's high on drugs. He's high on drugs. Calorie, calorie counting is not a necessity <laughs> to live by, but it's a good way to like it's a good way to give yourself like a, a marker. Like I'll, I'll tell people like, you know, measure out how how many grams of carbohydrates you're eating for this meal, and then and then section off your sweet potato and see what that is. Like if if you actually looked at how many calories you need in a day, and you say okay, well I only need. You know, I only need 45 grams of carbs. And then you see what that is, like in a potato or a sweet potato. And you're like, oh, wow, I, I only need to eat this much of it, not this much of it. Yeah. Uh, th- it makes you aware of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You live and you learn. No, yeah. All right. For total optimization, <laughs> go to onnit.com. They got what you need. They got the alpha brain. It'll get your mind shooting fucking cylinders. It's like the 4th of July in your head. I can right? use it right now. I know you can. You can use a fucking <laughs> a stab to the neck, too. 
Also, hemp force protein, delicious. 16 grams of protein per serving. Cocoa, fucking tastes delicious. The icy vanilla, icai vanilla, whatever the fuck the Brazilians call it. They look like grapes to me. I don't give a Acai. fuck. Acai. whatever. Honored.com. Go to the box and press what, Lee? Church. Church, C-H-U-R-C-H. And get 10% off your first order. Also, they got the fucking coffee. They got the battlebags.com. They got everything you need, all right? So go over there. If you, st- if you join up for the Stay On It program where they mail it to you directly every month, you get 20% off your first order. Number two, naturesbox.com just sent me a fucking box. Delicious. The lemon almond biscuit, fucking tremendous. The cinnamon swirl kettle corn, tremendous. I ain't fucking around with you people no more. You get 50% off your first order, all right? 50% off. You don't need to eat white bread or potato chips. These are healthy, nutritious snacks. They come with a seal. You take a handful and you put them back in the thing and you don't have to act like a savage or your fucking life. <laughs> and you don't go over your little calorie counter like Lee. Go to naturebox.com, press in. Joey. Boom, in the box and get 50% off your first order. Delivered to your house, to your man cave. I don't give a fuck. They'll deliver it there. I don't care if you live in Alaska in an igloo. They'll deliver it there right to your house. Nailed it life. Listen. You want a vapor pen that lasts? What happens if you get hit by a fucking tornado? Everything's gone. You got a vapor pen. You can get hot. <laughs> go to, go to, go to nailedinlife.com and get your vapor pen now. They got t-shirts on there. I love these guys. Dave's a great guy. His brother's great. Go over there. Get What do you get? 20%, 20% off the pen. 20% off. So you get it for 40 fucking bucks. Who's better than you? 40 fucking bucks. You get a, uh, a nice vapor pen. You get, it doubles as a flashlight. And i like to welcome the best there. I got a pair on these right now. I also warm to jujitsu today. I'm a fat fuck. And they staple to your waist. Meundies.com. They got a billboard on Beverly. Tremendous. A hot blonde chick with a thong. You can see a pubic hair sticking out of the side. It's just worth getting the fucking underwears for that. If you order before September 1st, you get 20% off your first. 20% off. 20% off. What's the code, Lee? Joey. So go to meundies.com. Slash Joey. Go to the box and press what, Lee? Joey. Joey slash Lee. What is it? Make up your mind. It's, it's good. MeUndies.com backslash Joey. They don't want to buy underwear. They got nice fucking nice. They feel good. Men's and women's. If men's and women's, they're sending us t-shirts and hoodies. If you go to jiu-jitsu and you always get fucked up underwear, like you wear the regular underwear, your nut always falls out of <laughs> underwear. Not with MeUndies. That shit stays in there nice. You don't get no moisture in there. It's tremendous. Your balls smell tremendous after jiu-jitsu. A lot of people can't say that, Rich. No, I, yeah. You go to jiu-jitsu, you fucking nuts. I think nuts. I'm going to go get some. Your nuts some. smells like Regan Machado's neck. You know what I'm saying? You don't need that shit. If you wear me on these, your nuts smell nice and fresh. And that's it. I don't know what to fucking tell you. I'll be back here Monday at 6 a.m., but I'm having surgery Tuesday morning, so I'll be back here next Wednesday at 8 o'clock slinging dick and giving out fucking bandages. You understand me? Because that's how we roll. I want to thank my main man, Matt Fultron, for stopping by. I love you with all my heart. I love you, too. Always thank you for having me. something going on. He's going to be in Vegas this week, Friday, with Daniel Tosh. Go see him fuck up Daniel Tosh. He's a fucking savage. And we're going to be together at the Bray Improv. What's the date? Uh, it don't matter. September 19th, somewhere around there. That's around there. Yeah. Just improvise. Rich Franklin, what can I say to you? My main man from Cincinnati. Hey, I, got, I got fucking family in Cincinnati. You know how warm that makes my heart feel? How warm? Warm, motherfucker, warm. Like microwave breakfast warm, warm? Warmer than 98.6. Somebody, somebody told me that Pete Rose was Cuban one time. I almost fucking died. <laughs> I, I don't think so. No. He's from Sailor Park. I know, man, yeah. I know. Yeah. Somebody told me, dog, don't tell nobody Pete Rose is Cuban. <laughs> I fucking fell in love. I was like, that's my dog. You want me to tell you the saddest thing? He was at the Glendale Galleria three years ago giving out autographs or like signing shit and 
Everybody else's box was packed. Nobody was talking to Pete Rose. And Red Band took a picture of Pete Rose just sitting there watching the fucking, reading the Santa Anita forms. Fucking hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> he still goes to the track. You gotta love Uncle Pete. <laughs> you gotta love that, right? Put Pete in the fucking Hall of Fame, cocksuckers. I love you. Have a great weekend. Rich Franklin, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I love you to death, Matt uh-huh. Fultron. We'll be together. Yeah. And my main man, the flying Jew, he's got something to tell you. Oh, Drop it on him, Lee. Oh, Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Look at the shape of you. Look at the shape of you. They, they got you in Israel now, they just shoot you. Look yeah. You. Oh, God, okay. All right, hurry up. We got shit to do. Oh, Jesus. Lee, come on. Christ. Don't wait for me to hit you one of these. Lee, you got to close this out for us, man. Come on, Lee. Get it together. Now that the show's over, remember, go to naturebox.com. <laughs> Poor Lee. Look at him. You can do it, man. Come on, Lee. You can do this. You can do this shit. Let's, Let's go. I'll do it at the end of the podcast. Come yeah. on, Lee. Read the fucking thing. <laughs> Look at this shape. Lee's got the giggles. Oh, shit. We'll let Zeppelin for you. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Stay black. God loves you.
guys i'm back sorry about that uh now that the show's over remember to go to naturebox.com and order great tasting healthy snacks at 50 percent off snack smarter in the new year with healthy and delicious treats like everything bagel chips and baked sweet potato fries support this podcast and get 50 percent off your first order go to naturebox.com promo code joey that's naturebox.com promo code joey the show is also sponsored by onnit.com go there for alpha brain new mood shroom tech immune shroom tech sport Anything like that, use code word CHURCH to get 10% off. And before September 1st, go to meetundies.com slash joey and get 20% off of your underwear order, men's and women's. And by go to nailedatlife.com, get 20% off a vapor pen. When you mention Joey Diaz, it's good for oil and wax smoke.